bluebird sperm. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's I wanted to bring that's that a, back. Around. That's a really good way to start this episode. Actually, all right, this. bring Here us in, buddy. <laughs> Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in. We're measuring everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And to my right is my lovely, talented, artistic wife, the artist, Bird. <laughs> welcome uh, to the studio, oh. Bird. Bravo, bravo. Um, say hello. Thank you so Hi. much for being here. <laughs> so today, uh, Bird did not want to be on today's show. <laughs> Can't blame her for that. We, sir. now, okay. Here's, Hi. Let's get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. What we are talking about today is our second week of uh, of our month where we celebrate St. Nick. Absolutely. It's Nicolas Cage month, and today we are talking about 1989's, directed by Robert Bierman, starring Nick Cage, Jennifer Beals, and Maria Conchita boy, Alonso. Is it ever starring Nick Cage. We are. What? So boy, is it ever starring Nick Is Cage. it ever starring? Starring. Just smeared all over In a career-defining role. We are talking about Vampire's Kiss. All right. Now, I think I know for a fact that you and I are going to heavily disagree this entire episode, but I want to go around and do our thing. You might be surprised. I don't think so, (laughs) because, Carl, I... Love, I I can't I can't get my head fully around this movie. Nope, me either. But I adore it. I totally do. So let's go around and just sure. really quick. Let's start with you, Bird. Ladies first. Give, give us like a one, one sentence, sentence review. review. Or um, actually, let's not uh, even do that. What I want to do is, did you like this movie? Yeah. Would you watch it again? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Okay. Carl. This movie is like if Hot Topic was a movie, but you you threw a whole bunch of wasps in there first before you had to go shopping. <laughs> so you gotta run around and not get stung to get that sparkly I mean, dildo. For I mean, one for one second I was like, this is a stupid analogy, but then I was like Oh, in my in my world they do. <laughs> I was about to. I was about to be in like this world. That doesn't do. make any sense, Carl. But then I thought about it. I'm the store hot topic, and then you throw like several wasps nests in, and then you ha- like it's a right, game guys. show. Go it's shopping. Like, go and buy that Get corn T-shirt on yeah, the back exactly. wall, and you're like, do they take credit cards? No, you no, have to pay cash. cash. And you're yes. like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't take cash in with you. You have to use their ATM on the inside of the yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, and, they just ramp up the challenge. And they hid your debit card in one of the Doctor Who memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> you have to That's this movie. I fucking loved it. So I want to watch that game show, and I also want to watch this movie again. Yes. So I guess that's sort of that, where I land here. I, it's it's problematic as fuck, though. It really is. And mm. also, and this is okay. on many levels. I want to yeah. see. it. Uh, it's it's problematic from a 2019 standpoint, because there's a lot of stuff from that's... From more than just that. I'm not, from I'm a not human talking, standpoint. Yeah, even more than just like the, the <laughs> obvious like harassment and rape and the right, culture the boys the club. There's a lot in it that's uncomfortable. Very definitely. much. But even beyond that, it's problematic from a directing standpoint, How a consistency so? standpoint. If this movie doesn't really know what it wants to be, whether it wants to be horror or comedy or dark comedy, it sort of is weaving in and out of all that. That's why it's a hot topic with a hornet's nest. This to, It's this, got all I, of it, but it's like a hot buzzing fucking mm-hmm. mess of stingy butts. Stingy butts. 
Yes. Um, I also think it's a very problematic look at mental health and a that breakdown because it makes it very comedic and you're like laughing. You're like, oh my God, this is hysterical. That's when it finally clicks until that you realize. Sick. And then you're like, I-, I feel bad about laughing, but it's so funny and it's so over the top. Like, I don't Nicholas know. Nicholas Cage well, is hysterically funny. His 11 movie. goes to 11 in this movie. We've... This is a quintessential Nick go crazy movie. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that was, that was part of why I picked it when we were talking about, cause we, we actually actually scrapped a month of Akira Kurosawa movies to talk about Nicolas Cage. Cage instead. Don't and worry, gang. We moved Akira Kurosawa to season three. We did indeed. So we, but we picked three movies that are actually, they're all pretty much, I've never seen Moonstruck, but he's, he's less Nick Cagey in the other mm-hmm. three. And I wanted one totally off the fucking walls. I wanted, found a, it. I wanted a Valley girl. Found it. Oh I, well, God. I'd heard, I'd, I have some friends who love Nicolas Cage. Like we love Nicolas Cage. And this is the movie for Nicolas Cage going off the fucking rails. So that's why I picked it. I'd never seen it before, but I've seen, I realized watching this, if you watch that, that Nicolas Cage compilation, the A, B, C, yeah, that's this movie. Yep. The oh. Bahoo is uh. in here. The Are You Reading Me <laughs> Alba? That is in this movie. Like 50% of all of the Nick Go Crazy moments yeah. are from this yeah. So I'm. You got to navigate some I mean, honestly, hardships to get there. But. We, I think we all know what movie's going to get the nom for most Nicolas Cage moment, probably. Probably Nicolas Cage. In this movie. Um, he won last year, too, actually. We should, for we Drive could, Angry. We, we should reconsider that category no. when we're watching four Nick Cage movies a year. No, no if you want to take down the champ, you got to fucking gotta, earn it, enough, baby. You got to step into the ring. All right. So here's here's my one. Here's my here's my heady Max Peterson pretension. Yeah. Are you ready? From time to time. Here it comes. I know. He, I know. I, Car- Carl's it. already buckling up. He's like, Max is going to say something really smarmy right now that <laughs> makes no sense in this dog shit film we're talking about. But from time to time, this movie to me became like deeply and not because not because of any of the problematic things simply because of the the film and the content of the film and the way it was approaching its content this movie shifts really subtly sometimes where you're laughing you're laughing you're laughing and then all of a sudden you realize that what you're seeing on screen is deeply disturbing and heartbreaking and really emotionally fraught it's challenging this, this movie challenges you i think this movie has moments that if you took them out of context and and rewrote the movie around them, you would either have a like, I'm not joking, hot thriller. Ta- well, you could. Have, there's moments of taut thriller. I'm talking about like you would have like a tearjerker oh, Oscar yeah, yeah, yeah. film. Oscar, People yeah. just sobbing. I, I in the thought audience. about that so many times during this movie. Like if it was just slightly tweaked and maybe Nick Cage. For, part of me is like, what if I was to recast somebody like an like a young Robert De Niro or an Al Pacino, and mm. there's someone with a little more gravitas, <laughs> but. Nick Cage has enough chops. We're gonna watch a movie this month where that he won. He won the best actor exactly. Oscar. So he's got the chops for it. If he were to maybe approach the character and his performance right. differently, right? You don't even need to recast it. Just get Nick Cage leaving Las Vegas. In yeah, this and but, and you would also have to rewrite huge chunks of it. But like, of course, but it's all there. It's on the vine. Like, it's like ready to late in the movie. Him, him in his apartment when his apartment's trashed and he's sleeping under his couch like a coffin. If you remove all of the like laugh track stuff earlier, that's devastating. Yep. Him talking to his psychiatrist on the street. That movie, that scene completely broke me, actually. What I fucking love about that scene is it is very quickly shifting between hilariously funny and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And it's and it manages to do both at the same time. This to me should be on everyone's list of like top 50 cult films. This is 
Mm-hmm. This I would agree with that. Totally. You can't judge this movie the way that you judge, like, you know, other you're movies. You're doing it wrong if you're... Yeah, if you're sitting down and you're like... Well, this this is not... <laughs> this is game. I felt that the performances were a bit over the top. No, this don't is... Don't you feel that Nicolas Cage was a little bit... Uh, I don't know how you say... Uh, uh, overwrought. Honestly, dude, like, no. if this was billed... If this started with, like, the Palme d'Or at the beginning and right. was billed as an art house film, I would have watched it totally differently. Right. This is like an art movie, dude. This is like performance art. This is, I mean, I know all acting is performance art, but it's, this is like a weird representational performance piece. Dude, all you have to know about this, this movie and how you should watch it is Nick Cage with his sunglasses on and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth going, are you reading me, Alva? <laughs> and yeah. moments before going, that mescaline, strange stuff. Strange stuff, stuff huh? This, <laughs> dude, this is not... <laughs> I I really really like this movie. Um, what do you think? And you have thoughts in your head. You're shaking oh, your head. Oh, I do. Go, I, give them to me. This film misses the mark in so many ways. Mm-hmm. It could have been a great any one of these options that we talked about, and yet it's kind of just not any of those, and it's not could enough. Have been like an of... Amadeus instead of uh, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but a descent into madness. And, and but we I don't think we'd be talking about it if it was. Because part of what makes this movie so discussable, this was one of the hardest movies to not talk about. Because Bert and I watched it together last night, and I immediately was like, we were quoting lines back and forth. Oh to my each god, other. it's so quotable. Yeah, yeah. We rewatched. How many times, like watching a movie, do you rewatch scenes like half a dozen times? Just Nicola, and and it wasn't even lines. It was just sometimes like physical performances yeah. or nonverbal sounds, or it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his, he's saying boo-hoo. Yeah, he's saying boo-hoo. <laughs> it's, and it's... God. And yet his face is so, like, devastated. It's, it's incredible. And the context of that joke is disturbing because yeah. it's po- immediately... Po- now, let's, t- let's talk about... Let's start at the beginning and work, try, and, man. try and work our way through this. I'd like to see a recut. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. interesting, right? I think I think that you would de. I th- this movie feels a little dangerous to me. Not in the way that like Todd Browning, nineteen thirty two, Freaks is dangerous, but there's shit in here that a twenty nineteen audience will have to wrestle with. And there's also like super high level physical farcical comedy. Yeah, it's it's so extreme and so over the top. It'd be like if you watched a John Waters. What you guys are saying, and I'm I agree. Like this movie had potential to be something else, but I don't want it to be something else. I want right. it to be this. If you watched uh, like Multiple Maniacs, if you watched a John Waters flick, and you were like, well, if he just recast the, these weird people out and fixed don't. the script, right. it wouldn't be a John Waters movie anymore. It might be good. It might be like, more but it's com- not. It's not the thing that it is, I right? Mean, do you like? Do you yeah. want to recast Pecker as a young Robert? No, Nero? no. Like, or you know, you don't want to take Divine out and have it be some like, uh, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Actually, now that I say Philip Seymour Hoffman doing Divine, like a really deep, committed method performance. But John Waters movies are fucked, and sometimes not technically very well executed. Mm-hmm. But it's that punk rock energy of them that yeah. gets you talking about them. And I think if you cleaned up vampire's kiss a lot of then the, you have something different a lot right? of the blood it's, would yeah. drain out of it but yeah. I, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that was vampire joke, Max. Do you know what one of the most amazing parts of this movie for me is? Is it's he gets bitten by a vampire during a. It like says right on the box. Is it? No, it's not. But mega spoilers. But it's like he gets bitten on a vampire, and it's a vampire movie, and then it it turns into a slapstick comedy about the worst mental breakdown you've ever seen. And it becomes silent. It's horrifying. It's how, incredible. How quickly his brain snaps, too. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. the descent. And he also has Ugh. the worst psychiatrist ever. She's kind of shitty. We are not even... Are you 100% sure she's real? I'm not. I don't oh. know if she exists. I don't know if... You, oh. There, it's hard to be sure that anything, anything is, real, is real other than Alva and her We're brother. We're excluding that in the bathroom when he says, where did I go? And he's in the mirror, he's clearly. In the mirror. Well, so that, that tells me that what... there's. Potentially nothing that we're seeing is real through I think, his eyes. I think that's a brilliant move because yeah, when I first saw that and he's looking in the mirror and he's like, he's like, where did, where I, did go? I go? Where did I go? And he's looking at himself and we can see him. But he's also saying, where did I go? My, my first right? thought, like, dude, I'm telling you, like cult movie, art house movie. This is this to me is like a, an earlier, way less effective version of Hesher. This is that quirky mm. oddball everything feels you're always back on your heels watching the movie but i at first when i saw the mirror scene i thought they just didn't have the effects budget and they were trying to have cage like work it because the mirrors kind of cheated out a little bit but then we see him full body in the Mm -hmm. other mirror and there's other moments too or very very early in the movie he comes in and he has his coffee and he's like and if you don't want coffee i can send out for coffee and he holds it out and he keeps holding the coffee and then his hand starts to shake but he doesn't seem horrified by this that's like one of the symptoms of schizophrenia is extending your body into uncomfortable positions and holding it for long periods while you go away into your head into a false world. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So, dude, it's this is a very <clears throat> weird movie, man. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's the a fact strange that the execution one. is kind of shitty. Kind of adds to that whole like I was falling apart the whole time watching this movie because I couldn't quite land anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as I land, I had to take off again because what the fuck is happening? It's, Touch and goes the whole fucking time. It is. It totally is. It's one of the things I like about it. It has this ferocious momentum. Because it's it's almost like it's not like Red State again. Red State is perfectly executed. It's a great film, yeah, but maybe. it's again it's like that. Okay, I know what's going on, and the second you think that, the movie's like, nope, boom, left turn, and you're like, what? What? It's the Indiana Jones rock scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you're always running you're from like, the rock. Yeah. <laughs> it would be no. It's the Indiana Jones rock scene, but after he dives out of the cave and escapes the rock, he realizes rock there's another rock. Oh, yeah, no, there's, another rock, there's yeah. another rock, and it's rolling down the mountain. He's like, "Oh shit, it's even bigger." This place is full of rocks, <laughs> and he's running down, and everyone's shooting arrows at him, and he finally gets to the plane. He's They're like, "Get to rocks. the plane, Jack." One's Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> Rocky Balboa, the, mo- the, the film, the rock, the rock, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, and whoa. The, but it ties in. It does. There's know. a couple of well done. Thank you. <laughs> I was so let me let me take us to the notes and we'll go through and we'll point by point this this bizarre film. It it is honestly one of the strangest films I've ever seen. I would agree completely. I've seen a lot of art house films that are very weird, kind of intentionally, but I put this right up there. I this is this to me is like it definitely has aspects of that too. Which art house like film, art house like, film yeah. Yeah. totally. Um, so first and first, right off the bat, it will, it will never not be strange to see the World Trade Center. 
on screen. Oh yeah, and this, it's highlighted quite a number of times. In this every time was every, weird. Every time mm-hmm. you're in New York City and you see you see the those those two towers in the skyline, it's very strange. Yep. Um, and also my first thought, my very very first thought was I was like, oh, Nick Cage movie, World Trade Center, and I was like, oh, he was in he was in World, World Trade, Trade Center. Center and Oliver Stone. He's really joint. good in that movie, by the way. Yeah, he's trapped under a building the entire time. It's incredible. When anytime someone's like, Nicolas Cage is a terrible actor, you I'll just give go, you a handful of movies to watch. The Rock, Raising Arizona, Con Air, World Trade Center, Leaving Las Vegas. Like, he's not a terrible actor. Right. He just a bird was saying last night. And actually, Red like, Rock West is Red, yeah, he's really good in Red Rock West too, which we talked about last week. See how we're time traveling. But um uh Bird Bird said last night, she was like she's like, I don't know, he's just He's not making, I don't know, I just want him to make a choice. And I was like, Nicolas Cage is nothing but choices. As an actor, he is only choices, pretty much. They're not always good. Actually, they're often not Not good. good. But they're always 100% committed. He never half-asses a choice, ever. Even if it's totally fucking over-the-top, bonkers, and wrong, and very weird, He's it's just like any acting class I've ever taken. They, they they always say, I would rather you make a choice and make it big yeah. and have it be the wrong choice than not, than make, not a to make a choice and be un- uninteresting. Exactly. I, you like can't if, take if your eyes off. If you do it wrong, do it wrong loud for the back of the house to hear you. I think it was that he's spaghettiing. He's, yeah, that's yeah. that's his thing. He throws he's shit against the wall, man. It, man. You know? Like, In this movie, that works, kind of. Kind of, it does. Um, he even does some cool stuff near the end when he's completely out of his mind. Totally talking modern to the wall. yeah. But when he's, uh, when he's imagining that he's talking to his shrink, the choices he makes are all very subtle, small mm-hmm. choices. Except for... Whoa. But he's not in the he's not in the shrink's office at that point. When he's in his head in the shrink's office, he's he says some pretty we'll get to it when we get to it, but he says some pretty fucking hardcore shit very casually. Mm-hmm. And he's Nicolas Cage. You didn't have to do that. He probably It's shocking to see him as his former self. Cut the, like how far he has descended. I think it's really well edited. Yeah, when they abruptly cut back to him at like the Sharply peak of Sharply dressed again, his hair is and neat. And he's still holding the stake, dude. Still has the stake in his hand. You know what this this movie from time to time remind especially when he goes off the deep end, reminded me of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Ooh, hmm. a little bit. It also reminds me a bit of um oh, the writer of adaptation and uh, Kaufman, oh, Lloyd Kaufman. He, no, and no, uh, uh, not Lloyd Kaufman, not Andy Kaufman, somebody else Kaufman. The Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm like one of the Kaufmans, goddammit. <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Man. <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Coppola's. Ezekiel Donovan Baldwin. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So at the beginning, the very beginning of this movie, and I will mea culpa immediately. One, we all know I adore Nicolas Cage too. We all know that I pretty much love everything except the bling ring. I love <laughs> almost everything. And three. Oh, isn't that a Coppola film? Sophia yeah, Coppola is, yeah. film. But I like her other three that we watched. So I have a, and I also have a kind of weird brain where I can make logical leaps that make things make sense. Yeah, you patch, you do a lot of post patchwork. Uh, yeah, the movie, mm-hmm. but but that's the beauty of film. We everybody. But sits, that's what that's what movies are all about. Yeah, you do that. That's. 
Jim Jarmusch. Part I, of the joy Jim, of it. You I think do some of the work. It's. I think it's Jarmusch has you a make quote a bunch about of patch it. notes and yeah. Well, no one. This when you do most of the work. No two exactly. people. No two people watch the same film. And I've never watched the same film twice. Right. Every yeah. time you come to it, you come to it with something different. I was pretty much able to uh, to gently slalom my way. I, through the mistakes of this film, because I was I was powdering over them. So oh. my first note, right off the bat, is uh, Nick Cage not only fails to act drunk, but he actually oh fails Lord. to laugh. Yeah, he can't. He act can't laugh. laugh. <laughs> That's a note. <laughs> what is what? A, what? A, what are those laughs he's doing? Ha 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 ha! What? <laughs> <laughs> I think is what it was. And that's still better ha. than what Dude, he it's did. Like, Two, three, four, five. I counted five little ha's. It's ha! Ha, 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 Throw on, like, if you throw on sunglasses and put him in a leather jacket and have him casually smoking a clove cigarette, and he goes, my approach to acting has always really been more of, like, a postmodern deconstruction of the craft. Because it's almost like postmodern acting. It is. He's like laughing. Like an idea of this is what laughter is. Yeah, like everyone expects me to laugh this way. It's so. like the first time I got high and I forgot how to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I made it clear to everyone in the room that I was having a really hard time figuring With out the laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And it started <laughs> making me panic a little bit. <laughs> 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 I was like, Carl, what kind of weed did you smoke? And then you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's like an an impressionistic version of what it is that humans Hmm. do when they laugh. I know. And maybe we don't have to give Nicolas Cage, uh, he's an impressionist actor. I don't think so. (laughs) We don't. I think that's a little much. But I like the idea that he's at such a different level. Maybe he's crazy. He's crazy. Like he's totally crazy. He's literally crazy. But like he's on such a different level. He's like, I'm going to approach this laugh from a unique perspective. (laughs) I'm not convinced he's not an alien wearing human skin. (laughs) I would be totally fine if he was. Cool. Is this in 3D? Know what your face is. Like, like where he's from, so it can be more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get Whatever. let's get a bunch. Uh, take me to your people. <laughs> I want to go hang out with you guys. You couldn't handle my people. He's like, mm, here, take this mask. <laughs> Strange stuff. You like peyote. <laughs> um, I feel like everyone is on drugs. So we start in this club. And yeah, my note was like it's eighty nine. That club is full of cocaine. That oh, and yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone. Oh, this movie was full of cocaine. Dude, that was I think the moment this movie wrapped, the nineties began. Oh yeah. Like they call they call, all right everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you. And then like, and the ninety kicked over. Right, the credits are scrolling and scrolling, and as the last name's coming up, you hear the first chord off of Smells Like Teen Spirit and the yep. whole world changes because yep. this is like the death knell of the eighties, dude. Boy, and this in his death throws too. Oh, those earrings and the <laughs> hair oh, man, the and fucking the yeah. earrings. No one knew what the fuck was happening no in 89 jackets that were like three times cocaine was happening (laughs) everyone just knew that they felt really confident yep everyone's like they're like are you really going out in that and they're like i don't (sighs) totally and you are too (laughs) (laughs) this reminded me of american psycho in in many ways so many times i was like he is basically pat bateman yeah he looks he because he's got the finery too and he's a little bit Full of himself, mm-hmm. a lot full of himself. There are some really great. Here's here's one of the things I love about this movie. You expect the whole time that Peter is going to Peter Lowe, Peter Lowe, Peter Lowe, that Peter Lowe is going to be our 
our hero? POV character. He's going to be our he's hero. Despicable, and I fucking hate him. The he whole time. never, ever, ever gets better. He only gets worse and more reprehensible. He gets so yeah. worse that even his imaginary perfect woman for him lasts five minutes. In his and head, he's abusive to her. Yeah, violently abusive to the perfect woman to his perfect woman that he mm-hmm. made up in his head. Which again, dude. Take it out of context of this film. That's that is genius really genius. Shit. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. That his delusion of perfect love is is abusive and falls apart in less than 10 minutes. Too bad I hate him the whole time. I mean, I love him, because, but I hate That's him. That's what I like about this movie, which is, what an interesting writing exercise. Your POV character. Challenge your audience to not like your main character the entire time. but The uh, only person we grab s- onto is Alva. We all we all end up loving Alva because we've all had bosses we hate. Yep. We've all had that. This is so much worse than that. This is oh yeah. This is every bad boss wrapped into one, and then you shoot meth into his brain. Yep. Like that's this bad boss. I love Alva. I love Alva's family relationship. And one of my favorite things about the the Alva character and her family is there is no strangeness at all in her world. So we when we see her working, even the way she dresses, very normal. Mm, her, it's like she makes her own clothes, right? And her her mother takes care of her, but her mother's also very pragmatic. Like you got to go to work. Who doesn't hate their boss? Right. Her brothers are working stiff. He's but he's you know he's he's learned some hard life lessons, so he gives her a gun and the blanks. And then when when he finds out what's happened to her, he goes to deal with this. And that's the first time that we see someone who's not Alva, who's been victimized by Peter for the whole movie, we see someone normal walk into Peter's life. And it's weird. When you just see Peter in his apartment eating cockroaches and breaking furniture, you go with it. Because you're like, this is the movie, and Peter's acting weird the whole time. But when you see her brother walk in, it contextualizes how fucking how insane everything mm-hmm. is. Fact, he's, just, he's just holding a, a tire iron, he, yeah. and a normal person... He, trying to take some sort of agency. He's walking in, and we'll talk about the... There is a rape scene in this movie. Yeah. Maybe. I'm Maybe. not 100%. That's when Danielle walked in from rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> it's Her timing is uh, impeccable. impeccable. Yes. She's got it nailed, dude. And you know what? I'm pretty oh. sure that if she hadn't gotten enough rehearsal, there wouldn't have been a rape scene in this movie. No. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It would have been... This would have been a different film. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, dude, that's some Berenstein Bears type shit right there. The universe is really fucking weird because last night I was reading a Philip K. Dick short story Uh about this this country western balladeer. There there you go. You were reading Philip K. Dick. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's a balladeer that anytime he came up with a new ballad, whatever he sang about would happen Mm. in the real world. Mm -hmm. And they thought that it was some sort of psychic thing where the thing happens and he just gleans it and can sing about it. Right. Where they find out toward the end of it is whatever he's singing ends up happening. Like he is conjuring this sort of fucking future. It's amazing. But like it's the same so that made me think of that because like well if Danielle hadn't come home there wouldn't have been a rape scene. But right. because she did, there was. Yeah, it just happened to Danielle be is writing every movie. rape scene in every movie is my point. <laughs> Danielle comes, Don't put that on her. I'm not well, gonna no, put that on her. She, I'm sorry. She but. puts the key in the door and she and her head goes, I sure hope, I hope Carl's not watching, watching a rape, rape scene. scene and then he opens the door and the movie like about faces into a that rape scene. That would make sense though, because ninety fucking percent of the time I could watch ten We've watched so many we movies this season. We watch movie after movie with nothing no, bad in it. The one she walks in on, and what time does she? Invariably, yeah. it's weird. It's so weird that we have she Philip K. Dick. We joke about it <laughs> <laughs> that Danielle. Actually, now I'm not sure that that's not true. Carl. I know it's the the opening. We'll do of the a door. test. 
ask, well, we're going to tell her, tell her that it's the Berenstein Bears, and then we'll go look at some of the books Perfect. in the bookstore and see if the reality has <laughs> shifted back. Um, so we see him clubbing and womanizing in this, like, weird 80s cocaine binging club, and uh, his, his drunk acting is pretty phenomenal, but actually... Phenomenally bad. It's okay. terrible. I like, was like, what? But, but Bird did some trivia research. So one of the biggest <laughs> weird parts of this movie, it's not even a problem because I'm in love with it, but his accent. Right. So Peter Lowe has this accent sometimes throughout Occasionally. the movie. When and it varies. When he's... Drastically. It goes from New Orleans to straight up Donald Trump. Yeah, all over the place. To foppish. To foppish. Brit- there's, yeah, there's British. Weird. There's New England. There's and there's there's totally Valley Girl in there too. Yep. There's that West Coast kind of in the Valley sound. It sort of depends who he's talking to. Yeah. So I had where he's at in his mental breakdown. I had a huge like I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, part of me loved it originally because it was bad. Because I was like, this is terrible. Then part of me started to like it because I noticed that his accent was shifting depending on who he's talking to. It's more Britishy when he's talking well, his to accent his accent work has never been ever been good. good. No, his ever. New Orleans accent's oh, really Con bad. Air is like that's how you not do. <laughs> I like Connor though. Oh, it is a hard target. It's even worse, but not hard target. The there's one What's that's one like that's... Port of Call. It's yeah, like yeah, bad yeah. lieutenant. Bad lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. But there's a but there he's taught when he's talking to his shrink. It's more Britishy. When he's, or no, it's more like Valley when he's talking to his, his uh, shrink, but when he's talking to Alma, it's more Britishy. And when he's talking to the girls, it's more that kind of foppish. Oh, yes. Even the way he, like, offers his hand, hand. to shake. It's gross. Flat. It was oh. so gross. So gross. When he reaches across and goes, Peter Lowe. And she has to, like, uphand his <sighs> handshake. It's just, it's, yeah, but again, so Bird read a little trivia, and Nicolas Cage has said that his accent, now, you, air quoting this heavy air quotes personally given that he won best best actor oscar and we've seen him do work i believe i believe nicholas cage i'm gonna take nicholas cage at his word you guys don't have to it's fine because everyone has rights i think reality. he didn't know what to do nicholas cage says yeah. that his accent was a made-up accent that peter had made up to make himself feel self-important and feel better than other people and actually that is a thread that goes through this movie his psychiatrist it is consistent with what he's saying his psychiatrist points well even the peter low character because his psychiatrist points out every time we ever have a meeting you tell me when our time is done he leaves early every time so that he can end the session right and she says it makes him feel it makes him that way she's not leaving con- him and she's, she's not, con- not oh, abandoning. Like that too. And also he stays in control of she he terminates the the that particular relationship. She mm-hmm. never does. Well, the very first thing that, that she says, they're having a conversation about her him kicking someone out, but wanting to screw her, but then ultimately kicking her. Like this whole yeah, the dynamic. Night, the night with before, him. you wanted her so bad, and he's like, "Yeah, but well, I woke up. I woke up the next day, and I just wanted her gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was fully dressed, and uh, and she's right. like, and she took the hint, and she left. But the night before, you desired her fiercely, and she's like, "Yes, yes, I did." <laughs> and you're like, "Wow, that accent's pretty wild." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's one of the early scenes in the film, but this is the thing we see again and again. He gets a woman he really wants the woman he's in love with this woman he takes this woman home i think in his head he he believes that 100 percent. yeah and then the next day he's like i am so you need to go you need to leave the um 
so I was trying to tell, there's a scene later when he runs out of the art gallery, and this is all related. We're jumping around, but it's, it's like a thematic thing. When he bails. It works for this movie. Yeah, when he, well, yeah, this movie's all over the place. But when he bails out of the art gallery, you're, at first, your first thought is like, what an asshole. What a dick. And then, because you don't know the vampire's not real yet, and he is going to go to the bar. He's like heading to the bar, you know, and she stops him, the vampire lady. Yep. She's like, you you ask yourself, how did I get in? And then you remember that I'm you... I'm a jealous lover. Yeah, I'm a mistress. Yeah, 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 yeah. You realize that I'm your mistress and I'm a jealous mistress. So he stops her from going back, or he stops Nick Cage from going back to this girl who he's gone on two dates with, which is the first time in this movie, and maybe ever, if you believe mm-hmm. what he's talking to me with a psychiatrist, that he's had a recurrent relationship with a woman. They go to the art gallery and he bails. And then when he calls her to apologize, he's like, I was ill. Something weird is happening. And I went, oh, oh, the vampire made him leave because she didn't want him out with that woman. And then when he goes to the bar to try and patch things up, he, he heads he for the door like, yeah. and the vampire stops him again. And then by that, you're like, oh, the vampire is controlling him and stopping him from finding happiness. So when you find out that the vampire's all in his head, shit gets so much fucking darker preventing his own happiness kind of an interesting metaphor too the vampire thing where he just sucks sustenance victimizes women takes what he wants from them and casts them aside and then his own psyche punishes him in the reverse right it's it's kind of interesting like honestly if you strip away all of the the goofy the goofy at its core there's a lot of really interesting ideas at work in this film and some interesting acting choices like affecting an accent to feel better than other people or never letting never letting your psychiatrist end a session because you want to always feel in control mm-hmm. and love is you feel out of control also that makes the vampire metaphor really interesting because then your actions are out of your hands <laughs> you don't have to take any responsibility right. for it you're you're completely out of control i said to bird like honestly he could probably have just gone to a dominatrix yeah, and that might have sorted. That may have sorted it. A lot of a lot of businessmen do. Lot of, I was also mm-hmm. reminded a lot of Shameless in this movie too. I only saw like the first couple episodes, but the, are you talking about the TV show? No, I'm talking about the Michael Fassbender movie. Shame, shame. shame. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. They're, just, they're, they're little, just little nuggets of another movie about like a bizarre form of mental illness. Yeah. Um, so and sex in some sort of way as it's crucial. <laughs> Sorry, I saw my next note. Um, Do you want to jump out of the highfalutin and just talk about some fun? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the bat. The bat flies into the room. And that really does happen because the other girl sees it too. Yep. So we know that's objectively real. If she's real. She is probably real. Probably real. real. Fair enough. Um, Well, I mean, we don't, I guess we don't know for sure. Well, yeah, we do know. The kid in the stairs sees her and confirms her existence. Yes. And also, we do get a shot where Nicolas Cage is not at the bar and she leaves a note for him on a a napkin. That's right. So, other, she's in a scene absolutely. She's been confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she's real. Right. Um, The bat comes in, they laugh, they go to her place. He goes to work with no socks on. Um, (laughs) Mm hmm. But there's this... Yeah, oh. he had to do the walk of shame and went to work in the clothes he went yeah. out of the night mm-hmm. before. And he really leans on the accent to to, to gloss still, kind of, yeah, still like, feel superior to exactly. Alva. But there's this great bit when he's in with his psychiatrist and he's like, there was this... I saw this bat and I felt very turned yeah. on. And she's like... By she's the like, bat? She's like, by the bat? Okay. And he's like, well, anyway... I was in Mortal Kombat with this fucking bat. Cut me a break. 
<laughs> Mortal Kombat with his fucking bat. Honestly, there's this dialogue. The dialogue in this movie is very bad. Like, egregiously bad, mm-hmm. oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But that it adds to the art house feel of the film. The next time I wrote down, um, this movie is cult crap gold. Next time he goes to the shrink the next week and she's like, let's, I think we had a little breakthrough last week. Tell me more about this bat. And he's like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? The bat? About. And she's like, uh, you, you had a very strong you reaction. Bat, bud. Yeah. You were, you were fighting a bat and you felt really horny. Do you want to talk about that? And he goes, his line, I wrote it down <laughs> is, and I'll try and do a terrible yeah. accent. He goes, I was horny and I was drunk. I'd had some to drink. I was drunk and I was horny. (laughs) That's his line, dude. It's like this cyclical and they let him have the time to say it. To do it, yeah. They give him like a full 30 seconds to, I was horny and I was drunk. I'd had some to drink. I was drunk and horny. (laughs) And the psychiatrist looks at him like, Huh. I that is oh, one way to parse right. that experience, yeah, I suppose. Right. If if uh would you like to delve deeper? I think our time's almost up, and that's when she points out. Right. <laughs> um so he is in publishing. The whole the plot. Yeah, the whole finding this contract, right? Or the old contract from this There's some writer who's been Signed to this publishing company for a really long time, and decade. De- like, yeah, yeah, like he's an he's an, like one of the old older clients, and they really the Stephen King of their yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a short story that has made an international sale. It's just like first international sale or whatever. So they need to find that short story contract and figure out what the terms are for for the international sale. It's or been so long, yeah, and it's. They're not sure where it is. And this, this guy... is 1989, so it's not like, let's control search, whatever. Right, control <laughs> yeah. F, right. name of story. But uh, so, but their contracts are all... He's been with them so long that he has, like, hundreds and hundreds of files to go it's through. It's like, like the Indiana Jones uh, warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somewhere in there is one contract. Like, God damn it. And, and only Alva to find and it. And only Alva to find yeah, it. Al- Indiana Alva. Indiana <laughs> Alva is Peter Lowe's personal secretary, and he just torments her this whole film. And I think, so this is my first problem. I think this is meant to be overtly funny at first, perhaps, because it's Nicolas Cage's delivery that's so weird. Right. But it's horrible. Not from Horrific. the start. I, I'm, it gets, it's a little, yeah, it ramps up for sure. Yeah. But it doesn't take long for this to become not funny to me. I like that though. Cause it starts, it starts funny and then you're like, okay, this is the, this is, you've, it, this is their bit of business. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. their, their bit is going to be, he's mean to her and it's, and you know, and it definitely sometimes if they hadn't fleshed her out and made her a person, it would have kept being funny. But we see her cry. We see her be afraid. We, we see her entire uh, subway ride back home and being terrified mm-hmm. of other people yeah. more because of Won't him. go to work. In, in that way, she's kind of an interesting parallel character. She doesn't relate well to others either. Right. But, like, she, we, see, we see her anxiety. We see mm-hmm. her fear. Over, not, not immediately. Over the course of the film. Yeah, that so ramps up, too. I kind of like how it violates one of the tropes of a comedy film, which is... Here's a boss being mean to his secretary. <laughs> and it's funny for like two more interactions. And then it starts to get a little a little uncomfortable where you're like, man, he is really fucking mean to her. And this is where you start to realize that Peter Lowe's not our hero. 
Yeah. Alva is our hero. Peter Lowe is just our POV character. Right. There's a totally a difference. You don't have to always follow Most your hero. Most of the time, Most of the time, they're the same because thing. Because formula, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I am a big fan of anyone of who fucks with formula. the Hollywood yeah. formula. So it gets to a point where it's not even uncomfortable anymore. Now it's scary, and it's so cruel that it almost makes you mad. Yeah, that's, that's where I was seated. And what I and but I love I like that a lot because again, if I'm not if I don't have anything invested in Peter Lowe as hero, then he's just a character for me to observe. Did you ever find their interaction humorous at all? In the very very beginning, where he's talking to her and he doesn't have socks on and she laughs at right. him and she's like, okay, whatever, kind of weird, demanding boss. Mm-hmm. That was kind of funny. But then it starts like ramping up and the. Oh my god, the jumping on the desk scene and the chasing her into the bathroom scene. I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that's not even quite at that. That might be right about the halfway mark, I think, yeah. when that happens. But the I and I'm gonna go ahead and say that the film is aware that it's not funny anymore. Because when he chases her into the bathroom, they're not playing Benny Hill music or anything like that. I don't and, think there's any music playing. And when he gets in the bathroom, Alma is Alva. Alva is like Shelly. Alva's a college near yes. Mount Pleasant. I also called her Alba, but anyway. I'm actually in Alma. Alva, Alva is like Shelly Duvall in The Shining. Okay. She, yeah. She, yeah. Her, yeah. That actress is, she's on the verge of tears. She says she, she's t- screaming at her boss in the bathroom at her place what of work. Fuck I have a gun. I have a gun. I have a gun. I will shoot you. Everyone's reaction seems rather interesting too. Like the old woman is in there witnessing this. Mm-hmm. And her only thing is, what the fuck is happening here? And it's clear that there's something horrible going right. on. She just leaves. And then 10 minutes later, when they're back in the office, she's like, how you doing, honey? Yeah, you ch- okay? Well, she checks in with her. But but I think that's the that's the vibe at this office. Because the next thing after she checks in with her is the laughing boys club in the yeah. closed room. <laughs> you chased Alva and she wants a raise. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> very, it's very yeah, like Ameri- mad men. Yeah. American psycho. Yeah. So you think this is intentional, like how... Yeah, disgustingly. And I well, I also disgust, disgustingly disgusting. It is. I think yeah. the movie is pointing out this is gross. This is bad. Fair enough. And okay. also, even Nicolas Cage, the they don't have him like get into the bathroom and be like. <laughs> Once he gets into the bathroom and sees how scared she is, like genuinely he scared she is, and he's mm-hmm. he like ba- he puts his hands up and he's like, I'm sorry. I don't know. And remember... Is it because he feels bad or because he actually thinks she has a gun is going to shoot him? Later, when he finds out she has a gun, he wants her to use it on him because he's... He wants to die because I think he's a vampire, right? Not because he's a vampire. I think some part of Nicolas Cage's character is aware that he's severely mentally ill and he's so unhappy that he's suicidal. No, I can... I, that really and this is his completely. brain. Yeah. Dude, when, when the coffin lid gets opened in the end... He puts the stake immediately over his heart. Like, please. He's, he's asking people to kill him for, On more the than street. Ha- for more than half of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nicolas Cage is suicidally mentally ill, and it's meant to be a, a weird comedy that makes mm-hmm. you think. I think the bathroom, I th- saw something different in the bathroom scene that where he like repents and he's like sad and he's like, I'm sorry. I read that as more like good cop, bad cop. Like, he's just playing this part. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like trying to get back at her good grace. Do you think he kind of does that later like with the manipulation, the chicken noodle the, soup at the, the door. cab ride? Look, mm. I brought soup. Yeah. Do you think? But do you think he that? Plays her. But do you think he has the mental acuity to do that? You yeah, probably. Here's here's because why the point he's he, definitely he is, intelligent. Yeah, because he's working. He's a high level person at this very prestigious 
uh, literary organization, right. right? So, but even the movie points out that Peter Lowe never does anything there. He's got the position because he's got the position. Ah, who does all the work? Alva and all the rest, of the, all the rest of the secretaries. What do we see the men at that office building do ever? Chuckle and drink scotch. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, I think this movie is aware of what it's showing us. Because if that's the case, this changes my tone a little bit. Because I was expecting Brock. So this is me. I think going in with certain expectations, this is true with all movies. Yeah. But I went into the expectation of like this blood's for you or whatever. Some stupid fucking 80s. What was that one we just watched? The vampire comedy with the two girls. It was so good. That remember? Well, I'm expecting meatballs, um, and I'm getting this. Yeah, vamps? right. Vamps. Yeah. Okay. I'm expecting. I was expecting a rompy vampire. Because when comedy. I was uh, so I was at a birthday party with the the mashup family, and I had to leave early because I'm like I want to get this these movies watched. Right. And uh, the director of the show's like, oh, what 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 Nick Cage movies are you watching? And I said Red Rock West and Vampires Kiss. And she's like, oh my god, Vampires Kiss! I love that movie. I'm like, all right, sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, so this is a goofy fucking Nick Cage movie. And, and, so, and it is. And it is. We're getting into heavy topics, but this is a weird, goofy movie. But it is not Varney the Vampire, right? This is no. like... <laughs> what do you... I, I think I've been having kind of forming this thought. It's a film. I think if you just want to see it as like a funny, slapsticky, rompy, good time, you totally can do that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a film. Right. Yes, it's showing some really like disturbing things, and you are allowed to gloss those. Right. To get, because you could watch. It's this. not real. Right. 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 You could. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, not real. I think twenty nineteen has conditioned us to be more aware of the things that haven't aged well and have mm-hmm. a more visceral reaction to them than we probably normally would. Well, Five years ago, I probably watched this and be like, "Oh wow, that hasn't aged well," but it's an eighties flick. Right. Now it's like, "Oh fuck." We've, well, you know, there's a it different gets more dire. It gets more, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, what I'm not arguing, my, the what I'm the point that I'm keep making over and over is, I don't think that this movie didn't age well. I think that this movie knew what it was doing in '89, and now that we're in 2019 and we don't have the like ha 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 '89 attitude, we can see it for what it really is, which is oh, a fair enough. which is a critique or mm-hmm. commentary on. So then that in in that aspect, it's, this works completely well this is they nail it i think that this movie is a i think that this movie is extremely feminist when think about well, this. it is a commentary on male chauvinism. chauvinism and violence against women and the victimization of women that's the whole vampire myth is the victimization of women right they just turned it on its head and yet we still see him for what he is one of the things where one of the things where one of the moments in this movie where i thought started thinking for the first time that it's doing more than it is letting on is when he goes and picks, and well, I will get into that scene in depth. I really don't have that many notes, but when we get to it, we'll get to it like for real. But in the cab ride back to the office, he shows up. Well, think about it. He shows up. <laughs> but no, when, when did he actually throw up in that no. cab driver's car? Oh what? He just God. keeps doing he keeps the. Doing that. the <gasps> he does it in Raising Arizona too. Yep. But when he, it's him like supposedly coughing in Raising Arizona. But when he he shows up at her house. Look, I brought soup. And, oh, you know, sometimes I don't want you to have to do this. He, we see him coerce her out of the safety of her home into a cab. And once she's in the cab. And you see her shields come completely down. In her house, she has power. 
He's right. outside the house. She's inside the house. Mm-hmm. She has all the cards. And Once, you have to invite a vampire in. So he doesn't come inside. Mm-hmm. But but again, like look at the look at the relationship between the two of them. Once he has coerced her out, gotten her into the cab, and taken away all of her power. And that's you're a very smart girl, and that's why I know today's the day you're going to find my contract. He has now gotten the upper hand, and he immediately starts victimizing yep. her again. And the movie—he's isolated her. He's that's isolated her. The movie does not make this funny. This is a co- there's a lot of shit in here that's hilariously funny. But here's why I think that this movie knows what it's doing. Hearing this is the first time that Nicolas Cage drops the C bomb, and he drops yeah, it four, four times, times in this movie. I don't think <laughs> that that was ever ever intended to be humorous. I think that was intended to make us scared of Nicolas Cage's Peter Lowe character. That's why I think this movie's better than people give it credit for, even though it is totally 211. When he's in the car with his sunglasses on, with no mirth on his face, and no weirdness, and not cranked up to 11, and he goes, where the fuck is that cunt? That is not meant to be like a night. Yeah, the, <laughs> said the, the audiences in 89 aren't meant yeah. to be like, ha, 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 look at him g- being mean to women. This is the movie showing Peter Lowe is a very dangerous and sick she's, man. <laughs> she's begging for bullets from her brother. Or yeah, cousin or there's yeah. nothing funny at all about that movie. And the movie, do you notice the, the score drops out? Mm-hmm. There's no score. There's no jokes. And Nicolas Cage's performance dials right down into like perfect deadpan level. I think that's all intentional. The movie stops being a comedy from time to time to show us, like, hey, remember how you were laughing a second ago? Probably shouldn't be. That's what I think this movie's doing. I, I really like this flick hmm. quite a bit. Anyway, let's jump back because we we started on this train because I wanted to introduce Al, Alva so I could introduce one of the weirdest things that Nicolas Cage does in the movie. He It's when he comes in. He's already got her looking for the file, and she's looked through hundreds of files, and then he comes into the office one day, shambling with sunglasses on and a cigarette in his mouth. And Bird pointed this out actually. He, as he becomes progressively more Renfieldy or more vampire-y, his shoulders come up. He gets almost hunchbacked, yeah. right? Yeah, and his head comes forward and his gait changes, which is like. I think he's more. I I really think he's more Renfield than vampire. Yeah, totally. He's eating insects and and raw pigeons and. And the tragedy yeah. is. The vampire in they his head. Want to be the vampire? Renfield, what, master, master, the whole thing. Well, he. I love that he fancies himself the vampire, and we find out that he's the Renfield because that's a perfect parallel to who he was in his real life. Yep. He fancied mm. himself the big boss, but he's not. He's a guy in a corner office who deals with. He's contracts. a bug eating servant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he projects that onto. He uses women to make himself feel like the vampire when he's Fuck. genuinely the Renfield. So okay, there's there's maybe a little bit more going on here than meets the eye. In vampires, and if it's just you doing a little bit of post patchwork on it, that's why I like doing the show with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm doing. You like the salt? (laughs) It's like you just make it taste a little bit better, you know? Like this is bland, and then I'm like, but here's some salt ideas. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you really pulled the flavors out of that one. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm salt bang. I'm salt bang (laughs) vampires kiss for everyone right now. Um, oh. dude, I love. There's. I'd like to watch it again after this and go, oh yeah, or go. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you in the for those of you in the Traverse City area or who have a um or who have a library card, there's a there's a cool thing I told Carl about ages ago called Hoopla. Yep. 
It is free on Hoopla. If you have a smart TV, you can down or you have a Roku. If you have a Roku stick, that's incredible. You can download Hoopla. I think you can get it on a smart TV too. Hashtag libraries, man. right, dude? I oh, watched it for free last best. night. Libraries are the are absolute killer. But he does this. It's almost. I would almost say it's like an iconic physical moment when he's telling Al- Alva that she needs to find this file, and she's like, "What?" But. It, you just said, well, he came in or she comes in and she's like, I was, I'm kicking out for kicking off for the day. And he goes, Alva, I just wanted to say, I'm really sorry about what I did yesterday. Chasing her into the bathroom. Mm. He's like, right. I just, <laughs> it was masculine. Yeah, <laughs> and she's what? like, oh yeah. Hell of a drug. I get it. <laughs> just totally casually get it. <laughs> t- that's how you know it's the eighties. Yeah. He just throws it out <laughs> real. She's like, yeah, he's doing that in a high school. I know. I was yeah. like, what? It's like, Jesus Christ. Well, oh, actually, no, it's not even the, he's, we're not even to the fucking mescaline part. This is just earlier in the movie. Oh, this, he doesn't have the sunglasses yet. He's right. just smoking a cigarette. And he goes, I need you to find this file. And then he, he, you've seen the video if you've ever watched the Nicolas Cage best of compilation on YouTube. But he's got a cigarette in his mouth and he screams, am I getting through to you, Alva? And he, he turns his head down like the king. Yep. He's doing like an Elvis. It is. It's an Elvis Presley point. And but it's also sure. like the voice is like a, a sports announcer. Yes. Yeah. And he he, he the cocks his head to one side. And sp- he's smoking a cigarette and he's, he's pointing directly at her but not, not looking, looking at, at, her at her at all. It is the most unnatural body motion you've seen yet in this film. There will be another one in a second. This is the one that Bird and I watched. Cocaine's like. a hell of a drug. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did, what did you guys think of of Alva? It starts with not even her name. Uh, oh, just calling for her in the office. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's pathetic, but it's kind of funny. And it starts really quiet. I'm only being loud for the mic, but it's like Alva, Alva, and she's out in like the the secretary in the, like, pool. Secretary pool, yeah. yeah. And you see her like. Jesus Christ! Jesus she's she's Christ, like flipping through Jesus files, Christ. and you can see all the other secretaries like start to look at her, like. And she's like, "It's not happening." It's right? Not yeah. Happening. <laughs> and that's when he pops out into the secretarial pool and jumps up on a desk and goes, "There you are," <laughs> and points at her. And then, oh, that's the beginning of the chase scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. We did. I mean, we talked about Alva, mm-hmm. and we kind of jumped through all of mm-hmm. the bad stuff that mm-hmm. happens to her. But this, at this point in the movie. It's still kind of funny. Doesn't she have a phone? Why doesn't he fucking call her? Because, because he's, crazy. he's crazy. But but <laughs> and he'd rather just yell. Yell so like a child yeah. having a nightmare. Also much. also he's victimizing her. He's asserting yeah. dominance. He's asserting his power and hurting her. But like at this point, when he jumps up on the desk and points at her and goes, "There you are," we're all laughing because it's funny. Yeah. And in 30 seconds, the movie manages to completely flip that on its head when she's cowering in the bathroom and he's like, uh, I may have done something wrong here. Right. Oopsie daisy. Masculine. Yeah. But right. then like, now five minutes later, he's in laughing with the boys about it. Right. Yeah. The, bo- the boys club is so awful that, but, uh, so right after this, Peter goes home and trashes his apartment. With the mimes? outside yeah. bird has a thing about this yeah i think they're playing out the film yeah a little bit it's the smack is it's the it's spit the, in the face and then the it's the core of it it's the man versus right. woman like bird unable ha- to have a well bird had a real theory bird do you want to say it or do you want me to say it because you're avoiding uh. it bird thought that the mimes are literally 
exactly acting out the scene later in the film when he's in the club with his teeth after he's murdered the girl. Oh, right. And the vampire comes in and he slaps him. Slaps him. He cowers. She spits in his face. And that is where he got that delusion from because he saw the mimes. So he. Bird. Dude. So Peter Lowe in a me- like a fragile mental state. Because when he leaves the apartment after he th- trashes it, they're gone. Well, no, they're still there. They're doing the same thing. They're again. They're doing yeah, the same they're thing doing again. This, it's a literally loop the same over thing over and over and so over, right real. in front of his. They are, or oh, they, no, they aren't. are, or they aren't. Right? I, I don't know. It's they New are... York City, man. Who knows? It very well, could be. Off, mimes. off, 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 off. They could be practicing. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what Prince said. They're, it's two mimes doing a show off, 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 off Broadway. But I, lo- I loved the idea <laughs> that he. He saw that, and that later gave him the template for his mental mental thing. Projection or whatever. Yeah. 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 So Because a lot of stuff, I mean, they glean, you glean from reality. Reality, you file yeah. It all, you play, and then you well, it's it. how your dreams work, too. Like, stuff yep. you see during the day. Do pops. you know that you can't imagine a face you haven't? No, you can't dream a face that you haven't seen. Something like that. If I believe that. Well, no, you've also, weird. you can, can. You also have imagination and, like, yeah. ability to splice things. Right. But that's yeah. part of a, a part of a face that you have seen. The, yeah. There's a really well, yeah, you've, how many faces have you seen in your lifetime? Like a billion. So, I have face blindness, so like two. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Every time I look in my head, I'm like my head goes bird, and then I look at Carl and I go coral. Coral. Um he trashes his apartment and then this is when he's he goes like I I had a very trying day yesterday mm. and he goes into a psychiatrist and he's like i just don't understand he's talking about the filing problem at work where he's like i don't fucking understand how we can't find this file which again is about control so the psychiatrist goes like well, and maybe- also him asserting that he's perfect and infallible yes well, yeah because the psychiatrist goes well uh peter maybe someone misfiled it misfiled <laughs> I've never misfiled I've never anything, misfiled anything. Ever. If you have something under A, you file it under A. It's, it's, how we... hard is it? It's alphabetical. You know, A, B, C, oh D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S. And she's like, Peter, Peter, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Second podcast that he's done the whole thing. I think I've done it on like three now. Maybe three. This might be the third. And then he goes, huh? Huh? You put it in the file. It's, yeah. It made me think of Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Do it. Shia LaBeouf, do it. Just do it. Just file it. Dude, I... I honestly think, <laughs> I kid you not, that whole scene with the psychiatrist, that that bit, because it's pretty self-contained. It doesn't lead into or anything else. It's right. like a little thing. It might be Oof. my favorite comedic scene I've ever seen. It's fucking hysterical. That is my only, my only like true laugh out loud moment in this Really? Film. Yeah. Bird and mm. I were laughing out loud like. I mean, kind I, of a whole movie, I laughed, honestly. I mean, I laughed out loud. This is my first, like, guff, like guffaw. Or, like, real, like, <laughs> Your first. Like, <laughs> one of those. My first. This <laughs> 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 sort of like that. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep, 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 yep. Oh, your neighbors. Yep, I swear. Yep, 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 yep. It's one of our. That was the first part. That was the first part where we realized he's like, and I just don't understand why it wasn't filed. Yep. 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 What were those puppets from the Muppets? Yep. 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 Nope. Nope. Yeah. That's what Nicolas Cage is doing. But Bird. He's doing the yep, yeps. I love it. The thing that Bird pointed out was <laughs> that we had to re- rewatch is when he goes, <laughs> she goes, um, she goes, well, you know, it, accidents happen, Peter. Mistakes happen. And he goes, I've never misfiled a file ever in my whole life. And he goes oh through four. Seven. Four poses? Four extremely distinct body positions. Yeah. Like hand up, finger up, like petulant arm cross, hands on the hips, and then he moves his arms behind his back and like pushes, pushes his a little hips bit. forward. Pushes his hips forward yeah. And then he collapses on the couch when he's done. He just falls straight down. I will give him, I mean, his physical performance is oh. out of fucking control in this entire movie. His So is his vocal performance? He's like, that, yeah. he's like a puppet. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, like he's not noodles. even a... <laughs> Just yeah, in it's control even... of things. Just... <laughs> like bones are made of jelly, <laughs> dude. Like I know we talked about some heavy stuff earlier, but he's he's like a clown. Yeah, he's like a really dialed up to eleven clown on cocaine, and it is fucking hysterically funny. I know I made it. We're making it sound a little heavier than it is when you watch it. You got to kind of dig for the ideas, but be aware those moments are definitely there. I mean. Fuck yeah, but fuck, dude, his his choices that he's making. Um, so he the next day gets to work, and he's like, "Will you call Alva in here for me, please?" And they're like, "Alva's homesick with the cold." This is where Alva <laughs> earlier when she after the bathroom chase we start to really feel for her. Yeah, this is where well, you see her at home <laughs> crying with her mother, consoling her, and like actually telling her to get off her ass and go to work. I think this movie has one of my favorite arcs ever, and actually structurally, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna point at you with the horns. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a com- it starts it's a comedy. Comedy, funny, hilarious, lots of laughs, lots of jokes. Ha 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 ha. Okay, the bathroom thing's a little weird. And then the movie has like a divergent structure. Because Nicolas Cage keeps ramping up and keeps... Honestly, he keeps being comedy. Keeps being funny. Stays at 11. Lots of goofy body things and strange line deliveries. And it's almost like he starts in a comedy and then halfway through they cut him off and drop him into a drama or a horror. But he keeps acting like a comedy and that dissonance. And that's why it's so uncomfortable. Again, I think intentionally. Because like when we see Alva, even the cinematography changes. They shoot it very – the camera doesn't ever hardly move. We're watching her in her bed, and we'll zoom in on her in her bed, or we'll shoot a close-up of her crying, and her mom comes in, and things are brightly lit. When we're with Peter, most of the time, things are in shadow and dark and very... Well, he's afraid of the light now. Right. Well, but they stylize it kind of heavily. And maybe some of that's Nicolas Cage smoking cigarettes and throwing sunglasses on inside and hunching really weird, but it's like like suddenly the, the movie, the rest of the movie goes in a different direction, and Nicolas Cage has a quote unquote break with that movie. He breaks from reality because yeah. the movie starts to the movie stays real. We stay in the real world, and Peter just goes further and further off into fucking left field. So the structure of the film mirrors that of a mental breakdown, which I kind of like. Um, 
And he gets worse and worse and weirder and weirder and doesn't seem to realize it. And I like that the movie keeps playing him for laughs, but doesn't doesn't uh it, but it's not built like it's a the, comedy yeah, yeah. they play nicholas cage for laughs and because he's so over the top a lot of times it works and you, it's like a clown juggling in the middle of a war zone yeah it's well it's like, it's like a clown juggling in a circus tent and you're in the circus tent with him and you're like ha, ha 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 and then someone pulls the circus tent off and you're in a concentration camp right you, and the clown's still juggling he completely <laughs> and still laughing and it yeah dude yeah. It's like, it's like, look how fun it is. And then you cut the music and drop the tent and it's just suffering and madness all around you. And the, the comedy act doesn't change. It's all context. It's cool. It's really cool. It sounds horrible, but it's, yeah. it's I kind of like it. Um, so this is when he goes to Alva's house after he finds out that she's quote unquote sick mm-hmm. and he shows up and she's ironing in her bra and he like skulks past the window and again the early part of this when he gets her out of the house is very funny yes and then it ceases to be funny in the cab but dude when he's when he's on the porch and he's like alva i'm just i'm worried about your health look it's a truce i brought soup soup. and it's like a teeny bag it doesn't look like soup it looks like a bag of cocaine (laughs) that's what i thought it was it looks like a swiss miss like cocoa bag or something yeah and it's so it's it, dude. It's funny. You can't. There's no way to argue that Nicolas Cage on the porch with his little bag of soup is not kind of funny. It's very funny. But when you find out the motivation, but, yeah. it retroactively becomes very sinister. It's the wolf at the door, man. What you got? It could also be argued terrifying. that he's victimizing her in that moment too, oh, because he's walked up to her window and he's peeping, toming her. Mm-hmm. Well, he's in her private she space. He's know. absolutely. Yeah. He does the whole time. He doesn't like go to her door and knock on her door. He like sneaks around her house. Yeah. First. The str- now, but here's a strange thing. Let's talk about another Coppola vampire movie in Dracula. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be having any conversations at all about Gary Oldman victimizing girls. That's because that's thing. what's expected of him. Explicit. Yeah. Hmm. You know, like if if Gary Oldman walked up to someone's window and was like, "Come on out, I've." What, it, you're, like, you're like, "Ooh, spooky! It's a vampire. Like, He's oh, gonna is he gonna out. turn her into a vampire?" Or is yeah. He, is gonna, ooh. And I think what the movie's pointing out is whether or not he's objectively a vampire, he is a predator. Yeah. And oh, yeah. most of the men in the movie, other than her brother, I think Emilio. Emilio. Other yeah. than Emilio, are kind of portrayed as predatory. Yeah. So I think they're kind of removing the. They're removing the the fun metaphor of vampire and showing you like here's a guy who thinks he's a vampire, but it doesn't really matter because either way he's victimizing this woman, right? Which is because he is a vampire. And again, I feel so stupid talking about like the the deep ideas of vampires kiss because when you watch the movie, listeners, if you've never seen it and you go and watch this with all of these heavy things in your head, you're going to be like, what the, what the fuck were they talking <laughs> about? Like really, it is so over the top. It's and clusterfuckery. It's so goof troop, dude. Um there's a so he goes back to the office and tells Alva that she's got it. We I mean, we already talked earlier about yeah. the how he's he's very there's a there's a great bit in this movie. I think it's I actually think it's genuinely shocking. It's when he's in the back of the cab and he's like, We don't give up, we don't do we don't not do the best that we can possibly do, Alva. And she's like, she can see her shrinking into the yeah. door to get away from him and it's really uncomfortable. And then he does that weird like like vomiting thing and leans forward and she goes, Are you alright, Mr. Lowe? And he goes, Shut the fuck up, bitch. 
like really heavy mm-hmm. in like this raw voice and it's fucked and it's not even remotely funny no and it's the cab driver just I, sort of like ignores yeah because he he's all like one <coughs> because he's as, after like, that they pull over baby. to go to the gas station he's like hey this is my girl i love her i love is grand isn't it are you married is, is that your wife yeah. like what the fuck doesn't it kind of fucks yeah. with you a little bit right a little bit. yeah <laughs> I like it, dude. I like when the movie's like, here's your here's your tickle, here's your tickle, and here's your slap. Shouldn't be laughing, you disgusting human. And you're like, ooh, you're kind of right. But then it becomes funny again. I don't know if you could recast this with someone other than Nicolas Cage. No. It's it's very big, but in a weird... Gary Busey? Gary Busey <laughs> might have been able oh to do God. it. <laughs> he wouldn't have had to buy fake teeth. He's <laughs> 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 just Busey him to die. I am very lonely out here. Why don't you just give me a a little kiss? <laughs> it's one of my favorite Gary Busey performances ever. If you're in loathing, and also totally improv. They did just wow. didn't, they didn't call cut. They just hit the end of the script, and Johnny Depp didn't know what to do. And Gary Busey was like, "They're still rolling. They didn't call cut." So he like sidles over to Johnny Depp in Fear and Loathing. Oh my god! And he goes, "You know, I I work by myself out here." Very lonely. John, you can see Johnny Depp being like, what the fuck is well, no, because this is Johnny Depp. So he knows. Yeah. This is Johnny Depp peak Johnny Depp. So he's like, all right. All right. We're working. We're working. Let's I'll do. work with you. Yep. Takes his sunglasses off. If you could just give me just a, a little kiss. <laughs> Neither of them break, too. It's like stone cold sober. I fucking love that moment, man. Um, but yeah, so Alva's working late. She's working overtime, and she she finds the file. And I said to Bird, because this has been such a fucking thing, this whole movie. I, was I like, feel the sense of relief Can you and imagine, joy. like, when you found that file. This is the holiest of holy grails at this point. Da, 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 da. Like, it's, you're like, yes, she found the file. And now this movie will have Man, a happy ending. God damn it. Yeah, that goes fucking. Oh, it goes all the way that, wrong. Motherfucker. So he. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So Nicolas Cage is. Because he doesn't want to give her anything. Well, he's getting eaten by Vampire Lady in his office. Right. Except he's but not. But he's, he's also seeing the cab driver and the cab yeah, driver's seeing his, Yeah, seeing the and couple And this in is his where office. we start. So crazy. This is. It gives you hints. All oh, the yeah. way through, it gives you hints that so these are her biggest hint right in the very beginning because she's coffee. not there. The cup of coffee yeah. is like a huge hint. And then, like, later when he lets her into the shower, like, come on in. Oh, don't do that. I've got to get to work. <laughs> All right. But there's no one there. Yeah. I love when he opens the door and his hair's in his face. He looks very Renfieldy. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. as the, the – his haircut, by the way, when it's back – Looks Night tight. and day yeah. from when it's, like, hanging in his face. And he goes – she's, he's like – like, weird, like, just bangs that come down. There's another reason like, that I thought of American Psycho because Christian Bale's hair acts very similar. It's very yeah. slick back, but when it's crazy, it's all, like, fucking crazy. I've, I've, I, found, I found the file, Mr. Lowe. It's Those too late. It's too late, too Alva. Late. It's too late. And then he – dude, come on. I know it's, I know it's like, awful, but when he walks out into the office and she's backing away from him and – this is, is this the Nosferatu eyes? Or is this late? That's earlier. This when is he, earlier when he goes... In the club? No, it's when he goes... In his office. I just want you to know, if even if there was someone here who was only one day 
longer than you, I wouldn't give them that job because it is that terrible, Alva. Okay? Okay? I'll, and his eyes yeah. go all big and crazy. But no, the moment I'm talking about is when he backs her out into the office pool and they pull wide intentionally to show you that they're alone in the building and that there's oh, no shit. hope around. And you're like, this is kind of funny. Yeah, the cleaning lady's gone. The and cleaning lady's they, we, gone. we are shown that her purse with a gun is on her desk. Mm-hmm. Away Which, from... well, she does snag it on the way out, but right. But it's 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 a distance away. What I there's a moment. The, it's the last funny moment before probably the most horrible scene in the whole film. Horrible, not as in poorly executed, but in like really haunting. Yeah, but it's when the Danielle's key hit. In the yeah, when Danielle key. When, this is about probably where Danielle's key. Yep. Danielle's pulling into the drive yep. right yep, here. Exactly the engine. I can hear. I'm like, oh, good. We're about to get a but, scene. <laughs> but when he walks, it you're like, oh yeah, this movie. We're, we're back into funny territory. Oh, no, is that Danielle? And you turn back to the screen and say, I spit on your grave is somehow playing. <laughs> Pretty, I mean, <laughs> it's close. It's not nearly, not nearly as no, no, Nothing as, as horrible as that. But. No, I actually think that this, we'll talk, well, he walks out and he's saying too late, Alva, over and over again. And he's flopping his head back and forth and his hair, he goes, too late, Alva, too late, too late. And it's the last moment that you laugh because it's really his physical comedy, he's honestly like, I think Nicolas Cage knows what he's working with. Mm-hmm. He's about to do something very horrible. Well, he's asking to be shot first, repeatedly. Before we even get to that, he yeah. knows, I think he's aware. He's like, okay, I can set them up to a higher place of happiness to drop them to into drop a deeper further. hole. Fair enough. I give him a lot of credit <laughs> as an actor. I think he's smart. I really do. I think he makes really <laughs> crazy choices sometimes, but I, I don't know. I like mm-hmm. him. I like him, and I think he knows his craft. You know, I think yeah. he has some weird ideas about his craft, Clearly. but I think he he has a plan, a fucked plan. <laughs> but I think he's got a plan. He gets her down to the sub basement. It's another really uncomfortable chase scene because across at, the slipperiest like a, floor, yeah, like it's like a the soaked room. floor. Uh, well, and they yeah, they're going deeper and deeper, and you never there's no one. Hmm. There you see them go through all these spaces. I know. Are you thinking hell? Yeah. Or far into his like deep psyche or something oh sure dude yeah. he gets down into the the sub basement and he's walking towards her and he's like don't you want to use your gun elva don't you want to use your gun dude talk about death wish like he he really wants to die at this point yeah i think he ultimately he does he wants her to kill him right now he wanted to die a long time before this yeah. and i think he's because there's a she pulls her gun out remember she went and got blanks yep from the her. only thing she can do is shoot him at the floor. Fuck. Yeah. So she's like, she, he, she has got the, she's got the blanks. He's like, don't shoot me. She, well, don't she, shoot the floor. Shoot me. Yeah. She's like, I'll do it. And she shoots the floor and he goes, Ugh. like he's pissed. He's like, oh God, stupid women. Not the floor, Alva. Me. Shoot me. And she shoots a couple more times into the floor. Isn't the basement uh, in psychology, isn't it related to the id? It is very yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he finally gets and she goes, please don't rape me. And you can see that he that had not even occurred yeah. to him because he goes, you see the light bulb and he goes, you know what? I will. I will rape you, Alva. And he later says to his psychiatrist casually, very casual. Yeah. I raped somebody yesterday. And again, I don't think that the movie wants this to be funny. I think that the movie wants this to be like a scene from um Oh God! There's a movie where like almost this exact thing happens, where someone has a. Re- it's like that Inception thing almost, mm-hmm. where like the hallucination is meant to be really troubling in its casual treatment of 
of this. Of the, oh, what is? I I, I, don't I know. think the the movie I'm thinking of, the other one, ends I think with the character killing themselves, and it's someone being like, "Yeah, if you just just cut, just open your wrists, it's fine." You know, like in the casual nature in which yeah, the really the horrible thing. Is. Yeah, I'm not sure that he rapes her here. He, he uh, we don't see well, him have sex. Means, he sexually assaults her well, for sure. I mean, rape could be any like the, all of that is. It's a it's a uh, violation of. I don't think in the context lot. of this movie, I'm gonna give it that. No, fair enough. Because we've watched Straw Dogs and we've watched I Spit on Your Grave, and this this is a sexual assault, a hundred percent. He pulls her blouse open. He starts like not biting, but like ravishing her neck. And the way that he's doing it, he doesn't take the gun from her. I think he's just trying to force her hand. And I'm not, this is not an excuse, but right. I think that's mm-hmm. what Nicolas Cage is doing. He's like, okay, well, she's scared of rape. If I start that process, maybe she'll shoot me. Because when she doesn't, they fall to the floor and she faints. And, well, he slaps her hard in the mm-hmm. face, too. We're going to see the, the damage the from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, by, the, by that point in the movie, there's, there is basically nothing funny left. Well, there's zero humor. It's completely gone. After the after, after the face this. slap, yeah. I'm pr- well. I don't know. Uh, Some him of, wandering through the streets is pretty. Fucking it's pretty funny. fucking funny. But yeah. like, but the because I think we're watching two movies. We're watching the madness we of yeah, Peter yeah. Lowe, and we're so watching it, it, the real when world. You making that point that made me think that that's exactly we have that divergent. Yeah, we're in a com- it's the clown in the there. There is a comedy happening, but it's only a comedy because this guy has no reality left. Right, and then the reality movie we're watching is really fucked. Right. And this is where they break, basically, because he rips her, her blouse open and he's like screaming at her and he slaps her and he goes, I'll, I'll rape you, I'll kill you. And he's like mashing on her neck. She faints and falls to the ground. And then he like goes and crawls into a corner and starts to cry. And grabs her gun. Mm-hmm. And grabs her gun. So he does say later, like, you know, I raped, a, I raped somebody yesterday. And maybe for, and actually, you know what? If that's how he conceptualizes what he did, then absolutely that's what happened I, but i don't think that this is a straw dogs rape or an i spit on your grave rape i don't think it's like well maybe the scene was longer and they just cut it i right. think i think that that's how he's conceptualizing Still it. horrible horrible assault, but yeah. horrible 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 but i just i was bird and i were curious about like what had actually transpired or right. what we were meant to believe it actually mm-hmm. transpired because the cinematography is a little vague well the reaction of her and Which I'm her glad brother for, and the brother being upset enough to murder him yeah the damage, if, if you the think damage is very rape real. As broadly, violation, a violation. right? Then def- you know, then, absolutely. Yeah. That was then my definitely. point. I was trying to yeah. Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. Violation oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not. I wasn't getting on that at all. I was just trying to figure out what the film wanted what us to think us? had yeah, happened. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because we've accidentally watched like 15 rape revenge <laughs> movies for this Christ. fucking film, for the podcast. But um, yeah, it's. Man, it, it, so after he, he pulls the gun out, I pointed this out to Bird, and our listeners should probably know this. If you shoot a blank into your mouth, you will it die. will kill you. This was fucking incredible. If you put a blank against your temple, or even a couple inches from your temple, it will kill you. There's a lot of extremely compressed gas, and also a plug, because they have to keep the powder in somehow. There is a, it's a thick paper plug that if you put it to your temple, will punch through your skull into your brain. Several stunt people have died this way. This movie should not be taken as like, blanks are safe. If you did that in your mouth, you'd be dead. How the fuck do they do this? Because he's got it in his mouth, and two, not one, 
twice. But twice. Yeah. What not they, one, not one, but twice. I, I don't know their technical <laughs> name. I've always thought of them as flash caps and it's a plug barrel. So the barrel is plugged up and it's a revolver. So that, that cylinder's kind of, the, the, the chamber's kind of open to the air a little bit. So it's, the gas is expanding and out. It's, there's not a blank in there. You know how a cap gun works? Yeah. Think really powerful really cap. cap guns. So the, all the explosions happening right under the hammer and it's venting so out really the side of the chamber. Close to your face it looks for a huge really cap, scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great stunt, honestly. It's, it's one of the coolest and gnarliest fucking things I've ever seen on It's film. an extremely intense. And disturbing as shit. Definitely, definitely. But see, we know that they're blanks. And for someone not knowing about blanks can kill you, right. you're just like, ha, ha, ha. But knowing all of that and him thinking it's a loaded gun yeah. in his mouth is so fucking disturbing. Have you ever seen... Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. What, what Nicolas Cage is doing here is, for in his head, he's killing himself. Mm-hmm. This is suicide. We're watching him commit suicide because he can't deal with what mm-hmm. he's become. And just by accident, by, again, if... In another context, actually, no, just look at it from a different perspective, and this is like the blackest of black comedy, because this is actually kind of funny. Do you ever see Traffic? Not, is it Traffic? The Crash? The one? Crash. No, I've never seen it, yeah. but it's on our list for season yeah. three. Um, it's a, the Cronenberg film. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's our, on our list for season three, but what I always think of, did you ever see In Bruges? Do you remember the scene where Colin Farrell's getting robbed by the couple and they have blanks in the gun and he steals the gun and he figures out it's blanks and then the guy comes running at him and he just fires it off in his face and the guy's like, I can't see. And Colin Farrell goes, of course you can't fucking see. I just shot a blank off in your fucking eyes. (laughs) That's my favorite use of blanks in a movie because they're like, did you think these were safe? They're not these safe. Are, they're still loaded with gunpowder, flames, and shit. I can hurt you with these, you idiot. Like, I love that the movie lets us know, like, no, 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 no. Blanks aren't just, Blanks, like, no. magic safe things. They're super fucking dangerous. But he shoots himself twice in the mouth. There's a, Actually, there's a really creepy moment when he's on top of Alva, and what stops him from, from, from having penetrative, from, from raping her, like, God, how do you say that? Rapier rape? How do you say that? Yeah, yeah. That stops him from... Yes, that stops him from fully completing this horrible sexual assault rape that he's committing right now. What stops him is she turns into, in his head, the vampire girl. And he's like, oh, Mm, nope. And he gets off of her. And she's like, you're with me now, love, which you've broken from reality. You're mad. And he grabs the gun. Rather than, he's like, no, 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 I don't. I'm done with this bullshit. I refuse. I f- I'm fucking out. I'm cashing out. If she won't do it, I will do it. He was trying to suicide by cop. Suicide by secretary yes. is what he was trying to do. And so he pulls the trigger twice and he's like, fuck. I am a vampire. I am a vampire. I am a vampire. I am a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Sorry. I couldn't. Once I started saying it, I was like. And it's him running down a New York City street. No, you had a thought. I inter- in- interrupted. Well, you. it's like we're the, that is the the exclamation point on the whole mental break for him is that he believes he is a vampire because two bullets did not kill him. Right, right. he has external validation. Absolutely, shot, in his mental state, he shot himself even, twice in the mouth. Yeah, and didn't that's die. like didn't even get hurt. As a mentally sane person, well, sane as I can be. Like, if I thought a gun was loaded and I, it didn't injure me, I would be, oh, wait. Especially f- with the big bang and the fire. I'm and fucking impenetrable. I'm I immortal. am. I'm unbreakable. Right. I'm, I'm like, shamalamalamalams. Shamalamadingdong. I'm shamalans dang dong. 
Like, but you know, that's like unbreakable. Any, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> so a trilogy of movies, Shyamalan and Ding Dong. <laughs> no, I was saying that Shyamalan's Ding Dong was oh. unbreakable. Is it? I don't know. That's, I don't know. It was a short walk to a bad joke. It was all right. Um, so <laughs> what? Why are you laughing at me? Other than my failure. So the next thing he does is he decides... He needs teeth, baby. Well, he eats... Wait a minute. Oh, he eats pigeons. Has he eaten the pigeon yet? No, he no, hasn't. No, because he has he to ha- teeth He gets the that. teeth first, but he eats the cockroach. So... He really... By the way, Bird, look that up. He really, truly ate that cockroach. It took three takes. God damn it. <laughs> oh, no. That's bad. It is horrible. And you can see it. Too. You can see you him. You can see him like, like I just have to chop, uh, chop, chop. He hated that. Yeah. He hated every second of it. So and then he t- and then, touch your tongue as little as possible. <laughs> and then he just doot, 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 walks out of his apartment. Look, you, <laughs> don't think about it too. If hard. nothing else, the dude is committed because he. For some reason, that made me think of how many bugs we accidentally eat in our lifetime when we sleep. You figure out that? Have you read the, the stats that that's a myth? Yeah, I know, but still. You think I know the it. idea that you eat one spider in your life. No. One too many. Well, if, you read, <laughs> if you read the old statistics, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. you eat 5,000 spiders a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you go to sleep, whole oh, nests of, right. net of spiders crawl into your mouth. It's like he's asleep. It's time to go rest in they, his mouth. They go down in shifts. <laughs> and actually, you know, snakes too. You yeah, eat a whole you eat, snake every you eat night. whole llamas. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if this... If you ever wake up, your throat's a little scratchy, it's because you ate a llama. That was a, that's your llama neck night. Did you ever wake up and you're just not hungry? It was a child. It was a child. And you're like... Babies. Where are you getting your numbers from? They're like, oh shit, they're on to us. <laughs> but, okay, from so... The, we at the Made It Up Foundation completely disagree with <laughs> The you. make em ups coalition. Right. Dude, I love the fangs buying scene. It's oh so So do I. Awesome. But this is the fucking thing about it. It's like, there is a really nice pair of teeth. But they cost nineteen ninety five. Ah, okay. It is nineteen ninety five. I heard ninety ninety five. No, nineteen ninety five. Which is how much they'd cost today. But he only has like four dollars in his pocket. Yeah. So he can only get the stupid plastic teeth. Yeah. I love this as a fucking thing though, because he is so fucking not a vampire that he can't even afford the nice teeth. Yeah. He's got to go for the fucking ninety nine cent. The ones that we all put in our mouths when we were kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, they what, cut your fucking mouth off? I have a note about it. He fucking, so he sleeps with them in? His his gums have got to be nothing but just burger in his mouth. And like, I, I blame some yeah. of my receding gum line on how often I... Yeah, it, I feel it right thing. here. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, if you do too much dip, I don't know if you ever dip. Nope. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah. My, right. yeah. Yeah, my brother did. Yeah. Do you ever get, do you ever, did you do enough chew to get the chew pocket? Yeah, and actually, I have a like my gums on my two front lower teeth are way receded. Mm-hmm. Bad. I know, isn't yeah. it gross? Not, not, it's nothing still, against they're you. They're still fucking stained, and it's like it's been eight years since I've chewed, yeah, but man. they're still fucking stained up from that shit. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point is, Dude, the, the teeth the scene is fucking funny, funny, but it's also funny. super fucking sad because. This dude can't even afford the good I'm fake sorry, I vampire never, teeth. This was this through the pigeon for me and was just funny. So excited to get those fucking things open. Oh my god! He's, <laughs> oh ah. god! Ripping the bag open. We watched that twice. So there is he still comedy. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's fucking crazy. This movie is still funny. 
it's it just it oh what a roller coaster I loved movie. watching him chase down the pigeon yeah the crawling fuck? at first and then Dude, wait yeah oh yeah he get, he drops <laughs> down and crawls away and from the park the, bench and he gets the teeth in <laughs> I love oh, well, really, it's a sigh of relief like I'll, like getting an injection of of pain medication much. or something like morphine just like depending on which 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 X you're standing on to look at the movie this is all either hilarious or, or the most heartbreaking thing you've ever yes. seen. Mm-hmm. I saw it all as funny and I still do. But when he goes in and he's he's like, he's broken. He's not with reality anymore. And he walks over to the, the guy and he goes, how much for the fangs? <laughs> and his like performance is totally, he's not even close to himself anymore. He goes, I will take the plastic ones. <laughs> Puts him, gets the fucking bag open, gets him in and, and then they play Dracula music yep. behind him. It's like, dun, dun, dun. and he's got like these ch- Three dollar fucking fangs. Are, out of is his he mouth. doing the eyes too? Is he doing? The yeah, eyes? he opens yeah. his eyes up and then he falls off the park bench onto his hands and knees and crawls away from the park bench. Really quick, Carl. Mental mental gymnastics. Do it in your head. Recast Nicolas Cage as Joseph Gordon-Levitt and mm. give this film to Yummy. Give this film to like a different director, but have the basic performance be the Jim same. Jim Jarmusch, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This would be an art film. Yeah. This would maybe not Jim Jarmusch. Not maybe Jim Jarmusch. No, there's no. another. There's someone else. What about um, Steve McQueen? Who's I was the, thinking. Who's um, the guy who did Shaun of the Dead? Oh, give oh. it to uh, Nick. Not Nick Frost. No, uh, no. It's not Simon Pegg either. No, no. those are the actors. Uh, World's the, End is right there. It's behind you. On I, the, I, the, the the Cornetto trilogy. Guys. Give it yeah. to that director with with uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the Nick Cage character. This is an art movie. Absolutely. Utterly and completely. Right? I'm not. Oh yeah, you dropped that here oh, last shit. time you were here. Um. It's my Scottish American. Dude, the, the phone call. <laughs> I would like to reschedule my appointment. <laughs> He's standing in a phone booth with children's plastic teeth in and his hair and his face. In Talking like... to his psychiatrist. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Edgar Thank Wright. You. I was thinking of um, fucking um, Kill Bill. Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Dude, you could do... Holy shit. This Joseph was... Gordon-Levitt. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino directing... Vampire's Kiss remake with the same ideas yeah. and you'd have to Joseph Gordon-Levin could Joseph Gordon-Levitt could do a performance like this like I mean they're at different actors but he can go pretty big he's wild in Hesher yeah. have like, you seen that yet? no, no we, oh we're, it's, we it's will watch docket, Hesher yeah. very <laughs> soon um, but do the phone call sooner well I've got a I've got well, an opening Monday on morning? Monday morning sooner how about I'll come in at 7.30. 7.30. Monday morning. Yes. Click. <laughs> and then he goes and chases pigeons around. I love when he catches it and he puts it under his coat. And then like scuttles <laughs> off screen. He's going to take it home and eat it. You got to work it up to it, you know? Right, yeah, and yeah, And there's yeah. that homeless guy just watching him like <sighs> do it. Dude, well, and then the next thing we hear is Nicolas Cage gagging as we pan across feathers and blood all over his apartment. We get to no blood. No, it's all in his f- mouth and his face. Mouth and face. Mm-hmm. But there's feathers all over his apartment. He's standing by his refrigerator, like kind of shaking. Yeah, burping and uh, uh, it's horrible. It's, but it's funny. Pigeon wasn't good enough though, baby. <laughs> it's really funny though. We've gone from cockroach to pi- cockroach to pigeon. What's what's next? What could possibly be next? Well, honestly, it's a pretty big leap from there, it is. I well, mean, pigeon, pigeon, cat, so. dog. Like, you've seen, you know, it's like it's like it's like bacteria and then that and then right. chimp and then ape and then man. There's the vampire one too, which is cockroach, pigeon, club girl. Right, exactly. You know, like, it's, it's actually a fairly short chart. 
He goes to this club. It's kind of crazy, actually. If you, this is the world's biggest club, by the way. Yeah, it's huge. It's like bouncer goes to stop him. He punches the bouncer and walks in, and you're like, there's such there's such a momentum to this scene that it you don't realize how dangerous the scene is, how how fucked things are until he kills the girl. Because he's walking through the crowd with his dumb teeth and his big vampire and eyes. He's and he's like, like very big and he's yeah. got his arms like, yeah, this is my time. He's doing uh, the thing. Yeah. You sit on the couch kind of chuckling and you're like, this is so yeah. funny. And then he finds the club girl and he puts, he's, and he's like, he's kind of caressing her and he's. We get the confirmation that there's blow everywhere. Yeah, there's coke uh, all yeah. over the joint. And I love her response because we're with her. We're like, yep. this is so... This guy's kind of goofy. This is goofy and fun. I'll give him some time. And then he like goes to get a hand down her dress and she slaps him. And even then you're like, oh, it's the that 89 thing. He copped a feel. She slapped. And then he grabs her and she starts to fight. And this movie, it's that fucking awesome thing this movie does where you're walking along, walking along, and then the movie's like, hey, that rug you're on, fuh, yep. nothing underneath you. Yeah, you were looking over here laughing and didn't realize you're about to run into a lead pole. And I think it's genius. Yeah. I really do, dude. Yeah, or walk into the corner of a building? Yeah, or walk into the corner of a building and then talk I've to your shrink. I've done that. You take a corner too sharp and you just run into the side and of the like, wall. And you're like, yeah, well... Oh. I had my mind no, on something build, else. Building's smaller than I thought it was. Mm. Or bigger. <laughs> bigger. frame. Yeah, when they make that bigger. I run into shit all the time. <laughs> but I, I think it's important to note that his teeth, the, the, the fake teeth, fall out before he bites her. It's actually oh, his teeth. They? Yeah. Because he picks him up picks off him her up lap at the end. Oh, I so didn't he, see that. It's not. It's his actual, it's his actual teeth. He chews, he chews <laughs> through her neck. And I love when like they. Rat. The, the The pinholes on her neck. This is another. It's chewed out. It's a chunk of flesh gone. Yeah. This is a. This is good. Yeah. This is really and good stuff, dude. And that neck appliance is really fucking good, too. The what? Yeah. The neck, the neck appliance. Neck appliance uh-huh. The pumping blood. Yeah. Well, the, he's got the two little holes on his neck, and they're very, like, movie vampire. And then when he chews through this girl's neck, and there's a gaping, ragged hole. Yeah. Loose flesh. In vampire's chew it all. He didn't bite it all the way off. It's, like, still hanging there. This is more stuff that I put on my pile of evidence that this movie no, is is. Very thoughtful because that's, that's really gross, dude. And then he he starts like he's he walks away he pukes. and he yeah he throws up in a coke room. Yeah, he, does. he has a blow room, the, the coke room. Yeah, <laughs> but he goes in and he's like, I'm sorry. And then the people leave, and then the vampire lady comes in and they act out the mimes. Yep. And then is it actually her in that scene though, or is it? Uh, no, I don't think so. His I vision think she, of her, I or is it a exists. little bit of both? I think it's a hallucination, and I think that when I think when he comes into the club for the first time, he in his head it's like seeing the mimes. He sees her and her date. Yep. So that's how that's how that's he how he sees her come in. Those, they do yeah. the mime thing, and then that date. I also think. I mean, he is present in the club, but I think he is hallucinating that guy. And then when he goes no, he out, sees them. He goes out onto the floor to find her and grabs her, and he's like, "Hey," and she's like, uh, "Oh." Hi, P- Peter, right? And that's why I don't think he's they just met, seen her. They met before in a club probably sometime. I think like, they went home together too. Probably. And then he just, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I think here's why she's the vampire. Remember how at the beginning of the movie, Peter woke up first and got his clothes on and the cue was, okay, I have to go to work so you need to leave. I think after they fucked and he fell asleep, she bailed. Yeah, absolutely. And she left first. She left him. She didn't. Mm-hmm. 
and that's why she became the yeah, vampire. The woman exists. She yeah, probably, yeah. She probably bit on his neck as a thing. Yeah, maybe just like a little nibble or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think th- they definitely really hooked up because she's real. You know, they went home. But I th- maybe that's why she's the vampire in his head. Is because she, she left him. She left first because he comes in with coffee because it's a weekend. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday. She exerted no, power yeah. in the dynamic. And he can't have that. No. So he creates a vampire. <laughs> Out of her. Turns her into a monster. She's victimized. <gasps> Weird how men's brains work. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weak. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, so he kills this girl. They drag him out, and he's like, look at her teeth. She's a vampire. And the guy's like, her her date's her like, teeth. I like that her date, there is one moment where her date gives her like a little look. <laughs> like, like, hmm. <laughs> Is she though? <laughs> and she's like, "No, you ass." No, get me more blow. Yeah, yeah, come on. We're running a little low here, and I'm not feeling so confident. It's been anymore. twenty minutes. It's been twenty minutes. Yeah, that's she's, a, that's she's hurting really... hard at yeah, twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah. She's like, my my armpits are sweating and they smell like beef. What is going on? I just need. <laughs> I like that girl. The one whose pits smell like beef. <laughs> For real though, like you she can, does not smell like beef. Just gonna go I, ahead and say no, that. No, 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 It's no, no. possible. It's maybe. Not even it's a maybe possible. No, has. no. She smells like crushed lavender petals on uh, the on the savannas of Georgia. I don't Jen, know where. Jennifer, Jessica, Jennifer Beals, Jennifer Beals, Jennifer Beals. I don't know. <laughs> she smells like leg warmers, guys. She does. She smells like leg warmers woven from peaches. From yes, peach, peach leg warmers. Uh, peach leg warmers. Um, no, yeah. 20 minutes is a long time to have not done a little bump. Think like, this is why I think Coke is stupid. Think like, Every eight minutes, you got to re-up. I was going to say 10. Like Think like 10 minutes, and then you're like, hmm, okay, now what we need is more cocaine. It's, it's dumb. It's a real dumb way to lose a whole lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, all right, so the next, the next thing that really happens, you know, he, he starts wandering the streets. I'm sorry. <laughs> he starts wandering the streets. Kicks a fucking pallet and rips the biggest fucking. After he walks stick. into the sun and was like, ah! uh, this is Oh, the this end. is the screaming, I'm a vampire. I'm no, a va- that was before that. Was that. Yeah, oh. it's after he shoots himself in the mouth. He runs out uh, in the street and goes, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. Somebody jokingly tells him at this point, though, that, like, you better go home. Sun's coming up. They oh, do. it's when they kick him out. Yeah, yep. they kick him. Yeah, yeah, they're like, don't come back. Hey, buddy, you better hurry. The sun's about to come up. And this is around the time where he comes around the uh, the corner and sees the sun. And he goes, ah, but again, he walks towards it. He's like, take Having, me, do it. Yeah. Let me die. Kill me. And then now we, we haven't checked in with Alva in a while. And when we cut back, we see her come into Emilio's room and she cannot. What a great, what a great pot to do or, or what an antipodal dissonance this creates because we're like in this heightened crazy world that peter's living in and then you crash this into a soft, do- domestic scene domestic, in a bedroom yeah. very very conservatively lit and she comes in and she cannot bear the weight of the fact that her boss i don't think any words are night. said between mm-hmm. either one mm-hmm. of them are there no she could co- well, well her brother's she, like oh, his, oh, he's like what's on? up yeah. how's it going and then she like crashes into his arms and because this is the first time we've seen the left side of her face Black eye, lots it's of like bruising. Purple. He hit yeah. her really hard, and you're like, oh. "Oh!" And again, dude, it's that awesome thing the movie does where they get you laughing, and then they're like, "Hey, remember when he raped his secretary?" And you're like, "Fuck, Fuck. shit, okay." And then Emilio and uh, Alva hop in the car, 
And he's like, all right, you point him out to me. And they park outside his apartment building. They wait. And this is this is why I what? What are you smiling at? I shouldn't be smiling, but I'm like, hell yeah, big brother. Yeah, no, me too. I'm I'm very him. excited for these for the, for this. The like, vengeance is yeah. really cool, but but then they take it away from you by making it really sad and tragic. Yeah, it's not it's not the heroic ending that you want. It's no. sad and yeah. a little bit gross. Gross, yeah. And <laughs> like, look, in a weird way, everyone gets what they want. And you don't yeah. feel even remotely happy about it. Not even. And that's everybody but the audience. Like at the right, everyone but us. At the end of right. a 1989 r- comedy, people. The year the Batman came out. People give this. D- year I was born. I think people nice. oversimplify this a lot. People are like, "Oh, this is fun comedy." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" Emilio walks into a room that is uh, filled with pigeon blood and cockroaches and all the furniture's destroyed and this mentally ill man is sleeping under his couch because he doesn't have a coffin and when Emilio pushes the coffin lid back the fir- the dude's first response Peter Lowe's first response is finally and puts a stake over his own heart Emilio was just going to beat him with the tire iron right. but he just seizes he carpes the diem yep. and fucking drives it through his heart and then Peter because that you don't turn to dust you just die horribly with wood in your lungs. Because you're a human with a piece of fucking pallet wood in your And a your diseased chest. mind. Yeah. Ah, the comedy's over. Are you fucking out of your mind? This movie is wild. I, I, I don't think you meant it this way, but hmm. earlier when you said, this is a film. I, they used to make movies, Carl. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. It's, it is a film. It's a capital F. I, I call this a film for yeah. sure. There's way too much going on for this to just be a movie, honestly. But um, I don't want to skip over what might be the funniest Nicolas Cage bit of physical acting ever, which is... Oh, my God. I love when he, when he hits his knees and he goes, Oh, the tortures of the damned. <laughs> oh, that's not even what I thought you were talking about. The next bit? The skitter. Which the crab sk- crawl. Under the couch. Oh, yeah. He goes, I laughed ah, so hard. <laughs> no, no. He's under his couch coffin. Not yet, because I, I'm i still outside, because we haven't even gotten to the... We haven't done the weird talk. Oh, me, talking to the corner. Sharon. Well, there's a great bit where he goes, show me the cross, the crucifix, outside the church. Oh, and yeah, the guys are like, what? Well, no, that's at the club. He's like, no speaking English. Yeah, he goes to the... He's like, no speaking English. He goes, crucifix. Uh, and then and that's when he hits his knees. And, oh, the torches of the damned. And then Because the, the church bells ring out. Yes. Yeah. Grung. Ah. Well, he goes, Christ. And hits the ground. It's it's this elevated... Beauty. Poor Daniel. Honestly. She was... <laughs> did she watch that, too? She was, no, she was doing rehearsal notes for... Because she's a stage manager for the <laughs> show. So she's making... Re- she's doing rehearsal notes at the kitchen table. And she's hearing this movie, having walked in on the rape scene. Right. So she constantly was looking she at went- me like, what fucking movie did you make? Mm. I'm like, I didn't make... Over. And I didn't even pick it. Max picked it <laughs> <Right>. again. <laughs> I picked Moonstruck. Yeah. Mine has share and no rape at all. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Well, actually, yeah. Well, it's a PG, so yeah. I'm hoping. Then again, it, Danny, I, I it might it. be a 1987 PG, which is, could just be I rape top be to bottom. Right. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I mean, if Conan's taught us anything. Oh, God. Sure, no ca- or Planet of the Apes. Or Beneath <laughs> the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh. Crucifixions all over the joint. G. Not even PG. G. General G? audiences. General audiences. All of them, except no. the last one. Yeah. yeah. 
every PG. <laughs> yeah, the last one they're like, we uh, we, we we can't we, we gotta, can't let this. We slide. gotta put a P in there. PG, and you're like, uh, doesn't this end with genocide? Yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, so okay, this might be my fa- the the next scene that happens. My friends and I used to share the clip. I never knew what movie it was from. My friends and I used to share the clip back and forth because when I was younger, we used to hit the bars pretty fucking hard. Like, really hard. And yeah. we'd send each other the, the gif and be like, hey, it's look, it's us at, after closing down the chop last night. And it's just Nicolas Cage with his shirt open, dragging the board behind him. And he goes, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's just walking around the streets, wailing, Yes, walks into traffic. <laughs> yes. And because Bird found out that a lot of this was candid, they just shot him in New York. Do you think the director was like, oh, fuck, he just stepped off the curb. I guess keep rolling. Because, dude, those cars Could are... Could be. Those don't look like stunt cars. Those look like people trying not to hit... He also him out, too, and they're like... Yeah, what the yeah, the one dude hits the brakes. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, I think they flip him off out yeah. the window. Ah, yeah. uh, I mean, New York in 89. Could be stunt driver people. Um, but, <laughs> but he's twin just... Twin towers and strip clubs. Well, yeah, the Times Square. Wait, when did they clean up Times Square? Uh, it was during Early Giuliani's. 80s, right? uh, no, was it Giuliani? Yeah. So that'd be in the 90s. It was 90s. So this is still like mm-hmm. red light district, yep. Times Square. Towards the end of it. I mean, you're getting the last couple of years for sure. Um, all right. So we're, my next notes are the shrink and the crab crawl. So mm-hmm. he walks into the side of a building. God damn it, this scene. Dude, really though, like so weird. It's a it's a it's a film school kind of moment, dude. This to me is akin to um, Joe Pesci at the end of Lethal Weapon Four. Yeah, doesn't belong in this movie. You don't. It's incredible. You're not ready for it, no. and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, holy shit, is this a master class of editing and acting? It is. It totally is. Because when because Nicolas Cage or Peter Lowe hallucinates that he's in his psychiatrist's office, and he goes, you know, in my opinion. I don't think your profession is worth a hill of beans because I've been coming to you for a long time and I'm just not getting better. I think I've discovered the, the, the cure to, the cure whatever, to my yeah. thing. And he goes, it's true love. And then when he, they, they intercut, he must've done the whole dialogue twice, once yeah, to the of side of a building and then they edit it in between. But there's moments where he's like, true love. Not that romantic love thing. And then they cut to him out in the street and he's like, I don't think like real love is impossible for me to get. And he's just out of his fucking mind. And he looks tired and haggard and lost and his eyes are unfocused and he's covered in blood. And cut back to sharply dressed, sharp and dapper, put together, like well-spoken. Mid, mid-sentence, chopping back and the forth. The accent is pretty much gone. There's a little hint of it There's left. a little touch of it, but he's, he's himself again. And it... There's, I, it's bizarre because they, oh, you, I should have introduced you to my next patient. She has exactly the same problems as you. You're perfect for each other. And she comes in. I love poetry and horses. He's like, I do, I too. do too. And he quotes <laughs> a poem to her and she goes, Wordsworth. And he goes, remarkable. And then they cut to him <laughs> out in the street and he goes, whoa. And it's funny. I'm making it sound mm-hmm. sad, but Bird and I laughed hysterically. We cackled. So hard. Dude, we cackled like jackals. And then the next cut is heartbreaking. Yeah. All in one scene. It's so well done. It's so excellent. It's it's incredible. And it gets better. Because he's, well, in the, we talked about it a little bit, where he's in the psychiatrist stuff, and he goes, 
listen, Doc. And she, the the, psychi- the uh, hallucination says, enjoy the rest of your lives together. And they don't even do that. And his life is only 10 minutes longer. <laughs> he can't even be happy for 10 minutes. So he's like, enjoy the rest of your lives together. And he goes, Doc, I should let you know. I kind of did rape someone yesterday. And she goes, don't worry about that. Oh, Peter. He'll, and he, she turns to the other hallucinated woman and says, look at that. He just found happiness and he's worried about the cops. Huh? And he goes, one more thing. I did murder someone last night. And she goes, <laughs> and <laughs> so many murders. Yeah. People get murdered in this city every day, Peter. <laughs> Off you go. And then they I'll go. I'll worry about the cops. I'll worry, I'll I'll worry about, about the cops, cops for you. you. And he pieces out, which again, might support her being a hallucination. She's the part of his brain that deals with his issues. She is the and, psychiatrist. Yeah. Possibly. We later see her with a boyfriend. Though, That's true. When she's so, on the phone. And he's not present. So, right. But he's on the phone with her, though. So, mi- it's just the mice in our walls. Don't worry about it. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> so, you live in a barn, Max. I kind of secretly do. do. We've got, like, all sorts of sonic weapons aimed at various walls I trying to it. kill them, but it's not working. <laughs> um, so, he goes back home to his apartment, goes upstairs... And they're fighting by the time he gets that was my, into yeah, the apartment. Yeah, it's like he yeah. is so uh, halfway up the stairs, fucked up that he will ruin the best woman that he's created in his mind. It's right. Really, he's handed the perfect woman for him, yes. quote unquote. It's the, I actually like the ter- <clears throat> the moment of the turn because it's shocking. It's utterly a shocking. Shit bag. He's what? Oh, oh so, squirrel. So he's walking. He's walking down the sidewalk, and he's like, yeah. No, it's like I said, I turned into a vampire for a short period of time. I don't but I don't really want to talk about it. No, it's yeah. So noisy. It was just for like a really short period of time. And then halfway up the steps he goes, I just said I don't want to fucking talk about it. And he's talking to no one. There's no one there. And it's so sudden and so harsh. Yeah. It's akin to like, shut up, bitch, when he's in the cab. Because this has all been kind of funny, but a little heartbreaking, but mostly funny. And then this turn is like, what the shit? Gets back up to the apartment. And he's like, oh, we're not even together. Ten minutes and you start in with a fucking nagging. And he grabs up his big steak and holds it where his cock is. And he's like, then get the fuck out of my life, bitch. And drives the imaginary woman out of his apartment. It's incredible. It, this is, dude, like from the moment he walks into the side of that building, probably to the end of the film... I have n- zero complaints. No criticisms yeah. at all. It is almost perfect. The end of this. It's, dude, it's like this extended it's bit its of own, genius. Yes, his own little movie inside this movie. Brilliant. It's yeah. utterly brilliant. And then he, <laughs> he accidentally walks into the sunlight because a little bit of sunlight's coming through. And he, ah, he screams and he hits the deck and like sideways. It, um, it's like watching a lizard crawl under a rock. Yeah. Do you remember the, in The Exorcist, the spider crawl? Down, yeah. the, down the stairs, it's almost that unnerving. Yeah, it's weird how he's... he he like ceases to be human for a moment. That crawl is kind of creepy. It's funny as shit. Like Bird and I were, what was I saying? Cackling like jackals or something, yeah. dude. It was it's funny. Yeah, the jackal cackle. The, we had the jackal cackle going. It was funny as hell. But then you're like, also that was kind of weird because he's a human and he's crab scuttling under his thing. Do you think they sped that up a little bit? No. Or do you think that's actually? I him? don't think they did. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Emilio spots him, busts out a window, goes upstairs, and stakes him. Yep. S- helps him stake himself. 
There's a there's a kind of crazy moment actually. I'll give a nod to the actor who plays Emilio too, because when he lifts that couch and he's like, "You rapist son of a bitch," and you see he doesn't say that, but he's like, "You," he opens right. it up and Nicolas Cage like, Aah! he's out of his head. He well, he the first moment he walks in, he's like, "Shit is very wrong. This is yeah, not what I'm not walking into to see. a regular apartment." There's this yeah. weird moment where Nicholas when Nicholas Cage picks up the steak and puts it over his own heart. He's like, uh, uh, "He's not totally nonverbal. He's gone completely out of his mind. This is a full mental breakdown. This man is very he's sick. putting right now." Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His brain is his brain mush. Is and he puts the steak over his heart. And I there I, there's this beautiful tiny moment where Emilio looks down. And you see, Jesus Christ! It's his yeah. anger vanishes for one second because it comes right back because this guy did rape his sister, so he and he kills him ultimately. But there's this beautiful moment where Emilio's like, "What the fuck?" It's a flash where he's yeah. it's pity. It's like it's this towering, crushing sense of pity for this man, and he's like, "What?" And then he's but then it all comes flooding back, and he kills him. <laughs> yeah. you, you can see him like amp himself back up, but for a movie that has like a three percent or whatever the hell actually has a 61 on imdb but dude this and then it's and then it's credits as he and and done yeah and he dies (laughs) kind of slow he's just like uh, his his uh, head uh, lolls uh, completely uh, back and his eyes are open and just really fucking horrible that he's a huge fucking piece of wood sticking out of his chest he's a yeah he has a sharpened chunk of a pallet yep in his chest right now and bird pointed out she's like that's like through his lungs and coming it's off in his back. It's in the open bag. spaces like in, in his gut. Yeah. yeah. Just below his rib cage. Yeah. Piercing his diaphragm so you can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, dude. Blech. Yeah. Ha 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 Vampires <laughs> kiss. And but now we, we this conversation did take a, a more serious tone than I expected well, I it to. I think that the movie sort of deserves that. Yeah, but. Now. Yeah, in the conversation stage. But I want to reiterate for the listeners. When we first watched this. This was only funny until like the very end. Right. This movie mm-hmm. is really fucking funny. And the, then this is Nicolas Cage's Nicolas Cageiest. I mean. Oh yeah, he yeah. is all the way to eleven and snapped the dial off, and it's <laughs> it's he did that came off. It <laughs> it came off, man. Are you reading me, director man? <laughs> like it's right. he's all the way Nicolas Cage in this movie, and yet <laughs> you can. This movie will bear that kind of conversation. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, post after our after our talk, Bird, are your opinions of this film any different? Um, no, I think going through, I kind of picked up on the things that you are supposed to pick up on. Right. Yeah, but I I'd like to watch it again. So would and I. See, I like it even more having talked about it because a lot of the <laughs> stuff I came up with it was hitting me as we were talking, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> But where are you at, Carl? Yeah, I think I discovered there's probably more meat on the bone here. Definitely, is this is going to be a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. The, I want to see the movie that you saw more. <laughs> this, this is why I like. <laughs> but I think it's there. I don't think you're. I don't think you're Max Petersoning it like too much. I, I think am a little for sure. You're like twenty percenting, but I think eighty percent of what you're saying is is there is to pick there. up. Yeah. I think so. Well, any does anyone have? Do you have any notes? Any final thoughts? Because. Vampire's Kiss, man, 1989. My last note is so. That's wild. I, it is wild. I always love talking about Nicolas Cage movies because yeah. there's you never you never know what you're gonna end up talking about, man. He's he's an interesting actor. He really is. I would like to see somebody else take this on. Me too. I like. I our, think that would be super. The Gordon interesting. Levitt Tarantino. 
I think Joseph like Gordon-Levitt, Quentin Tarantino yeah. is yeah. pretty New cool. New script. And I think that it's... Same ideas. I think it's unique <laughs> yep. enough to where it, 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 it would still work. I mean, you can make this into a movie now. Yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. could You can update this. it for 2019. You could do this. You could leave the troubling stuff in as commentary yep. now. Absolutely. Totally. I would love... Yeah. I would love to see this remade. All right. Let's uh, take this opportunity to thank our patrons. You want to try and do it from memory? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You go first, and then we'll go around the table. I'm going to try and do it. Oh, around- no! Okay, so we... <laughs> well, it'll be easy with the first one. Yeah. The, you Start us off. You The first two are always easy, because we always thank the first two people first. John Shiby and Casey Shiby. Correct. We'd like to thank them. We would like to thank Danielle Pelshaw. What did what? you just say? Danielle Hartley. Thank you very much. Sorry, I forgot you guys got <laughs> married, even though I was present for that. Oh, Danielle Hartley. Yeah. Pelshaw is so much easier to say than yeah. her new name. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we'd like to thank uh, Daniele Hartelli. Daniele Hartelli. Hartelli. <laughs> we'd like to thank uh, William Rockwood. And uh, Connor Sweeney. We'd also like to thank Katie Clark. Definitely. And Kelly and Mike Wagner. Absolutely. And David Rowney. And David, David Rowney. Rowney. We were just at his house for we a were, little FCK which family. Which was fucking awesome and changed the direction of the show for this uh, season. sure did. And we would also like to thank... <laughs> Sister Sarah. I think that's everybody. Should I check? (laughs) If we missed you, terribly sorry. Don't stop producing the show for us. We need your money. (laughs) Give them them the web address. uh, Our web address. It's a measuring flicks podcast. Brian Jackson. Fucking Brian Jackson. (sighs) We missed him at Universal Studios by like that much. You guys were were down there at the same time? Yeah, we were. Wild. I know. He went to the Halloween Horror Nights and shit. See, oh yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah, dude. Rob Zombie's Ooh, they had the House of a Thousand Corpses haunted house. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, we got everybody else fucking bitching. We're doing pretty we're good. We're film. What is our measuring flicks podcast at gmail.com. If you are not a supporter of the show and would like us to forget your name on the air, you can head on over <laughs> to patreon.com slash quillandfilm. Q U I L L A N D F I L M. Full length bonus episodes, all the sequels and remakes that we don't cover on the main season show, and shout outs on the show. All right, we love you guys all so much. We're going to get out of here. Stay tuned for more Nicolas Cage. I think we're ending pretty strong. We're ending with two uh, two of his less cagey. More dramatic performance. Yeah, including an Oscar nominated film to round out the month. Uh.